Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. The nominees for Best Picture of the Year are... And the Oscar goes to... Hello everyone, welcome to And the Oscar Goes To, the podcast where we look at uh, previous Best Picture nominees from the Oscars of years past. My name's Oliver Smith, and with me is my ever-faithful co-host, Long Pools, this one, isn't it? That's a long pause. I blanked on what I wanted to say. (laughs) And with me is my ever-faithful co-host, and it's lucky his breasts are small and humble, (laughs) or else I would confuse them with mountains, Joel Abraham. That's it. How are you doing, Joel? Yes, good. My hips are not lying. Yeah. Um, And I'm ready to talk about this film. Okay, yeah. So we're talking about Four Ends and a Funeral today, the 1994 surprise, surprise, because that's the... Mini series we're doing. That's what this podcast is all about. We choose a year at the Oscars. We watch each of the best picture nominees, uh, and then we record an episode on them. Uh, yeah. So that's what we did. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, everyone's favorite. Mm, well, literally everyone's favorite. Literally everyone's yeah. favorite. Yeah. Uh, which I'm guessing we had mildly unpopular opinions about. But... Yeah, I, 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 I think th- thinking back on it, I haven't actually listened back to that, but I think we were kind of harsh. I was on a quite film negative. That we both. <laughs> definitely love yeah yeah it's definitely a great film and like i think it's a great film and i really i really like it as a film but i like i love it as a thing yeah yeah i know what you mean you know um so i think i think maybe we were just trying to get overly critical because we had our Critics. we're talking about a film yes. hat on but really it's a good film it's one of those though that it doesn't matter like you can point out tons of shit that you don't love about it or that don't really work or mm. whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's fucking Shawshank Redemption. Like you're gonna, if it comes on TV, you're gonna watch it and maybe yeah. you skip the last twenty five minutes or whatever. But <laughs> but so that film was a film that I watched hundreds of times as a kid. Yeah, and now we're going to a film that I had never seen. Until You'd never seen this yesterday. film, which is kind of crazy because I am a big Richard Curtis fan. Yeah, so I want to warn everyone right at the top. We're going to talk about Love Actually a lot. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about Love Actually <laughs> yeah, we at are. all. Um, but <laughs> there's here from henceforth a moratorium on Love Actually in this podcast. Um, but it, it, today's episode is Four Weddings and a Funeral, mm. but there's probably going to be, it's probably mostly going to be talking characters. Yeah, talking about. But I think that's okay. I like, okay, this, this, that is what this film is. What do you mean? This film is just. Grant and Curtis. It is welcome to Grant and Curtis. Like th- that's what happens. Yeah, you know. I there's stuff to talk about with so the film. It was written by Richard Curtis. It was directed by Mike Newell. Mike Newell, yeah. And I don't like some of the direction. I quite like the writing, but I'm not a fan of how this film is put together. No, I mean, I think that's fair. I, if you have you seen the rest? Do you know Mike Newell as a director? Really? Do not. No. <laughs> you like? I don't think very few people out there are going to be going. Oh, Mike Newell. That guy. In a funeral. Well, they might know him for that, but like, he, you'll know a name only. Mm. Like, he's not. Di- he's a bit of a journeyman director that kind of right. gets brought in just to do the job. He did like Prince of Persia. He did Sounds of Time. Mm-hmm. Mm. He did um, that. Most recent one he did was um, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. Yeah, whatever. Which apparently was quite good. Um, he did Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which is not one of the best Harry Potter. It's not probably the second worst. Mm. You no, don't, you don't like, you don't like, I actually kind of like the four, but I don't. I have a bit of a weird Harry Potter ranking. What's your What's your Harry Potter ranking? Actually, I don't think we've ever. Mine is five. No, sorry, three, five, 
1987. So that's, oh, hold on. Azkaban Phoenix. Azkaban Phoenix. Pa- Deathly Hallows, Hallows 2. Part 2. Deathly Hallows 1. Uh, the Half-Blood Prince. Right. Philosopher's Stone. Goblet. Goblet. Chamber. Chamber. Uh, I think that's I think that's pretty that's pretty standard. I'd say. I think yeah, that's pretty in line with popular opinion, right? So yours is like Chamber of Secrets is clearly the best one. <laughs> no, Chamber of Secrets. The thing is, with Chamber of Secrets, it's not my least favorite one. Um, it's probably my second least favorite one. But I love Ken. Kenneth Branagh is and I think he's great. He's in so it. good, yeah. Which and also the reason I love six is mostly Umbridge. Or is that five? That's five. That's five. That's one of the reasons I love five is the oh, Umbridge is. It was actually midpoint there. One that's the, a good point. One of the reasons you love five is Umbridge. Umbridge is very good. <laughs> Sick point, bro. Well, thanks. I was I was in the middle of a flow. I was going to make it a lot more uh, hearty. <laughs> is that your flow? Is this now like a rap battle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's about Harry Potter order rankings. Um, yeah, so Umbridge is good. Mm. Five's good. Five's the best one. Five's good. Five's the grower, I think. Five's the one that everyone kind of liked at the time. But the more you watch it, the more you realize it's, yeah. it's got probably got the most there. Which one was Quaron? Was that Quaron's three? Quaron's the best one, right? Yeah. So I, my order would be Azkaban, mm-hmm. um, seven part one. Yeah. Five Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Philosopher's Stone. Right. Okay. One's over there. Goblet of Fire. Really. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what I cut. <laughs> I'm not sure. The next two are pretty equal. I'd say they're both like Seven Part Two and Chamber of Secrets. Seven Part Two is quite good. No, I think they both suck. I think it sucks. Really? Yeah, I don't like it much at all. Seven Part One's way better. You're so sad to see Harry Potter again. Seven Part One's way better. Everybody thinks says that Seven Part One's bad because it's just set up for Seven Part Two and nothing happens. But that's why it's good. Well, yeah, Seven Part One is very good. I just think Seven Part Two, except for the the train scene. And then um, Half Blood Prince is my least favorite. Really? Yeah. There's the bit where... I've heard people say it's their favourite. Daniel Radcliffe is just sitting there and he goes, I kill, kill my parents! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, Daniel, calm down a bit. Okay, and the act, okay, the acting in that film is bad. That The acting there feels like where they were transitioning from doing like teenage acting into trying to yeah. do adult acting. It didn't work. There's also that scene between Harry and Hermione where they're both pretty sad because the people they love are with other people. Yeah. And it's so awkward. Yeah. But Daniel Radcliffe oh, and they're was, sitting on the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, the little birds little flying, flying around. birds things. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe have said he thought he was doing really good. That's uh, terrible. That scene sticks out in my mind. Like that. Teenager, uh, I love the book, though. It. That's probably my favorite book. Six or three, maybe. Which is interesting, because three is my favorite film. Because I think Quaron nailed it. Mm. But the, I guess it's that thing of, if you don't make a, an adaptation... I don't like the adaptation of Six. And so it probably falls further in my estimations, because I was so excited for it. Do you remember the bit with, I quite like six, I'm going to go into the more. Uh, so this is a film about Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Uh, where the, uh, Harry Potter takes the potion, the lucky potion, liquid love. <laughs> and he acts, he, he does it so well. That might be like Daniel Radcliffe's best sequence in the, in the whole series. In, or in, in his career. In his career, like, yeah. He's gone downhill since, I would say. I haven't actually seen him much. I think I heard he was quite good when he was on stage. Yeah, he was in The Woman in Black. Yeah. Which was fine. I haven't seen that film. But I've heard it's quite scary. I've actually made your microphone worse. Hmm? I've made your microphone worse. Yeah, well, that's. I moved it. I made it worse. You want to. You only want the people to hear you. He did What If? I'm going to go back into D Rad. He did What If? Drad. Judge Drad. He should do the judge. 
that you could do another version of the charge. <laughs> well, just like, what, five, ten years later? Yeah, yeah. But instead of it being the Downey Jr. and Duval thing, it's just it's just a new guy. It's like Robert Downey Jr.'s nephew or something. Is Robert is uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so his, nephew, wait, so his nephew is in his brother in The Judge. Yeah. I don't know. He comes along. He turns up. Daniel Radcliffe turns up. But the whole film is set during the hurricane. Robert Downey Jr. Sits, shits himself. And but the, the hurricane lasts the whole film. I don't know anything about The Judge apart from the, uh, the hurricane. Robert Duval shits himself. I don't know what the hurricane is. It, the, no. It's, there's just a hurricane. There's just like... It, it's windy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about four legs at a funeral. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, four wins in a funeral. What are we talking about? Mike Newell. Mike he did Goblet of Fire. So he kind of like comes on, does projects. Yeah. He doesn't really have much of his own tone. Like, I don't know. I, that maybe sounds like I'm shitting on the people that do that. I think I think there is space for that. Like, I don't think everybody has to be this super visionary auteur, you know, that brings... But I think he some is kind of... And, some, he comes some in and does a job. Good if they're just films. Yeah, they they're just not, need a director signed on and yeah. someone needs to come in and do it. Now, I can understand... I guess I can understand why maybe... You don't love the direction, especially as a big Richard Curtis fan. I think, I do you think you'd have seen this film? Because you, you, you're saying you didn't love this film. No, I didn't love this film. And you kind I've, of expected I've, to maybe. I might have done, if I'd have seen this 10 years ago, I probably would have right. loved it. If you saw this film was the first film that you'd seen from screenwriter Richard Curtis. Now, okay, not, maybe you would, maybe you'd know, not Nine O'Clock News and Blackadder and all that. But say you see hmm. this film, it's the first film on the big screen you've seen from this screenwriter. Yeah. Do you think that's going to affect your thing? Being that you have such a connection to About Time and Love Actually and all that. I think I probably would have done. My issue is, especially, so I'm watching the last, we're going to skip straight to the last scene, uh, mm. where it's raining. You can't, yeah. And like, it's so... Notoriously bad though, that last Yeah, scene. and she goes, uh, I didn't notice. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I, didn't, I did a terrible English still, accent, she's not English. Is it, but... still, is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> and she's, she's drenched. <laughs> She could not be more But wet. the line reading's bad as well. Yeah. It's wooden. It's like, is it still running? I hadn't noticed. Yeah. I just did better then. But mm. to be fair, that, that has become... I mean, that line's followed Andy McDowell around. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, like, I knew nothing about this film. No, I that assumed is, there was that's four That's the notorious... The yeah. We assumed. Yeah, yeah. Educated guess. Thank you. Um, no, that is that that line's like followed her around. It's notorious oh, really? how bad that line is. It's, it's, bad, it's, it's bad as written. It's bad, badly delivered. Yeah. The, the thing that's weird about that that final scene, if, I think it not wouldn't be that. And we'll talk written. about that scene. Then we'll wrap if up it was, the podcast. If it was we'll raining out. slightly less, if it was kind of drizzling, and she's like, "Is it still raining?" Yeah, she's yeah. Like, oh, I, I mean, no. to be fair, that's not her fault. That's, yeah. that's what she said. She was like, "I do agree. It was maybe raining too much, but that one on me." <laughs> yeah. The the lightning clack, uh, bangs, like the lightning strikes and stuff, obviously weren't real. Because, which at the time Andy Dufresne was using to break out. Of Shawshank <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, break out of Shawshank Redemption. The prison called Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> the film. He was getting out of the film. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, like that whole last scene. Yeah. It's got this bad, it's too much rain. It's got this, but I've got, I've got, so I made just like, I just like jotted down a few notes mm. and I've got in there with three exclamation points after it. Three bangs. Nope. Hugh gets wet so fast. <laughs> it was raining a lot. No, but. But it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, they cut away and they cut to him. I'm going like, to get it up because I don't think... His shirt, don't is, think you're like right. his yeah. shirt is see-through. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm going to get it up. And I'm, I'm going to mute my iPad so it doesn't complain here. Mm. Um, he's standing in the doorway at the beginning of the scene when she first comes out. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, she doesn't notice that she's wet. He's not that wet, right? He's yeah, quite yeah. dry here. Now, 
They sort of talk a little bit. Yeah. Look what happens. So between he's, him, so he, there he is. He's quite dry. He's dry. He cuts. Whoa, look at you boy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like he went this. for a swim between the door and the bottom of the steps. His shirt is entirely see-through. I get that it's raining hard, but you still, even when it's raining really hard, you still mm. get wet gradually. Yes. It doesn't fall on you like a bucket. It's not like all wet now. Mm. He gets wet so fast. That is ridiculous. It's kind I, of I, had, I sort of recognized it, but didn't didn't take it to that degree. But So that's bad. And like the whole film has been this kind of irreverent, bumbling, Britishy comedy. And then it yeah. just, the last scene is just this like really overdone yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like the music swelling and they're saying this like cliche dialogue. And suddenly other. he's like a really charming guy and he's saying exactly the right thing. It's yeah. Just when the whole time he's been, they in, kiss and then lightning Q-Gram. strikes, which is strangely ominous. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another funeral. It's four weddings and the second funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. The last scene could use some work. Yeah. I don't know. There's my most, my biggest problem with this film is that they're so posh. It just, it really grates on me. They're posh. Every single human being in this film is... Tom is the seventh richest man in Britain. Yeah. But that's funny. I think it's funny. Are you the richest man in Britain? It's... No. Uh, but seventh, I think. Yeah. It's, which is a classic... The Queen, of course. Richard that, Curtis that, line. That Branson fella's doing, doing incredibly doing well. well. Yeah. They see Branson fella with like a real, like, looking down his nose at that guy. Yeah. That new money back. No, it's, it's good. I don't know. It's a bit too posh. I think... Richard Curtis loves the song, um, Love oh, the is wet, all wet, wet song. Yeah, Love is All Around Us. Yeah. Because it's in the film at the wedding, it's mm. the credit song, and then he does a cover of it and change it, like does the Bill Nye version in Love Actually as well. But that's the joke. That's the, the joke at the start of Love Actually. And even I knew watching Love Actually for the first time. And now I think we've just come on to Love Actually, which we can now talk about for the next two hours or so. Um, we'll do that. We'll, give, the, we'll do Curtis later. But the, the joke is that they're singing the. For wedding song. It's just so clearly a Richard Curtis yeah. nod to himself. Yeah. And then there's Kieran Knightley. No. Kieran Knightley's not in Four Winds and a Funeral. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. I don't know what song you're talking about. I think maybe you're talking about Atonement. Uh, the Duchess? I don't know why you're talking about Parts of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tell. Is she even in that one? I, I think that's know. actually she might I be the only the one she's two. not in. I was trying to be really specific for the joke and I fucked it up because I don't think she's in that one. Dead Man's Chest. She's yeah, in she's one. in that one. With the... Bill Nye is a big octopus face man yeah that is a series that went downhill straight away isn't it i mean that really peaked early and then (laughs) number one number two was barely watchable yeah and the third one was garbage yeah which is one where there's like 90 johnny depps yeah that's the third one because that's when he's at the end he's at the world's end or at the end of the world i forget what it's called is it at world's end yeah i think it's all at world's end yeah Yeah, not not good it's not the world's end what we've done so far is mostly not talked about four rings and a funeral four rings and a funeral Go through my notes here. I've written that Simon Callow is funny. Simon Callow is funny. He is actually brilliant. The, he's the best thing about this. Yeah. Film. He's also in a completely different film from everybody else. Yeah. Like everybody's acting at like, like here. Yeah. I'm holding my hand up. Yeah. And then everybody, and Hands then Simon, level. and then Simon Callow is like here. Oh, it, the hand is way above head level. So I mean, and that's but, like probably, he's probably a head and a half. Yeah. But he's like, he's romantic. I don't know why funny. I started everybody else so high. Cause that's actually probably about here. Yeah. Annie McDowell's like Annie, Annie McDowell's not great in this film. She's bad. She's she's quite wooden. That first scene, the first time they talk, not when he says nice hat, but when they actually talk at the wedding. Yeah. The ADR is awful. Oh yeah. She's, the not, ADR saying, she's not saying any quite, of that. Quite a lot of scenes in this film is terrible. She's not saying like any of it yeah. at all. 
Yeah. She also says the line, oh, I think we both know that's a big lie. Who says big lie? <laughs> it's a big, it's a big lie. But I think it's probably the ADR that makes it weird. You like the voice does not the match voice, the yeah, and it's weird because Hugh Grant's not ADR in that scene, and really? it's, it's like a, well, it doesn't seem like it to me. And it's so like a lot because the, the last shot. scene is definitely ADR the in the rain. Yes, but which like they have to do obviously, as far but. as I could tell, it wasn't. Or if it is, he just did a much better job of matching up with his performance on the day, right? Because the lips look better. But okay. like it's a shot reverse shot, and hers is like so unbelievably ADR because yeah. like she's talking with like this kind of very closed mouth mm. which maybe is why they had to ADR I don't know maybe she she just she didn't. just wasn't talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, you know, it's a very big line <laughs> she was doing something completely different and they were like no Andy that's actually not really what you want there's all, in terms of ADR there's also one line where I think it's uh, Andy McDowell's wedding and Hugh Grant says fuck a doodle do yeah but he doesn't mouth the word fuck a doodle do no no he goes Fuh. yeah and then it just says fuck a doodle I, I, it it's, yeah, it's a bit off-putting. Yeah, very off-putting. To be fair, though, like, they made this film of 2.7 million quid. Yes. Uh, and I, They kept having bun- uh, bunding fudgeted. <clears throat> Budget funding cuts, etc. That's not what you were going for, They had it? funding pulled. Right, yeah. Bunding. Bun- <laughs> they had their bunding fudgeted. They had bunding fudgeted the whole way through. So, like, they could barely scrape together any money. I guess that's what happens. It, it, some, sometimes it comes across cheap. I think it actually works pretty well for a cheap film. Yes, and I, I think it's charming, and I quite like oh, it. Charming. I think Hugh Grant is yeah, very good. Charming. Hugh Grant's real good. And he's, he's, he's quite a handsome guy. KST. KST? Kristen Chris, Scott Thomas. She's brilliant. She is very good. She's fantastic. She's the, the most... She's underserved. I think her character is underserved by the film. And I think she's one of the best parts of it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think Hugh Grant, I forgot how he was actually quite a handsome guy. Like, oh, he's a, Yeah. But you know Ridiculous. in, the, in the, the film that we're not allowed to mention, he says that he looks increasingly like his Aunt Mildred. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, you kind of you kind of do a bit, Hugh. He used to be very handsome. He's unbelievable. Now. So yeah. um, Rich Curtis didn't want to hire him because he thought he was too good looking. Too, too what? Too good looking. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so Hugh Grant, oh, we can do Grant. Let's talk about Grant yeah, yeah, for okay. a bit. So Grant isn't in a, much of anything before this film. Right. Really. Um, he's about 32, I think, when this mm. film comes out. And according to him, he's he was on the verge of like quitting acting okay. as a career. He's like Very glad he didn't do that. Not happening. Don't want to do it. I don't think he is. Um, mm. He's frequently said that he doesn't really want to be a famous person or a famous actor. Has he? Yeah, I think he said at some point, he's some quote about him hoping that his stardom is like a, a phase that lasts for no more than like 10 years. Okay. Which in fairness, I think it probably did kind of die out and he's maybe seen a bit of a rise more recently. But, but he had that, there was a whole scandal where he was caught with a prostitute. Yeah, like the, yeah, but that was like a year after this film. Was it really? Yeah, that was like 95, I think. Okay. Apparently that's seen as, his apology is seen as the way to do public apologies. Yeah, because he just said, I did a bad thing. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's not really doing much of anything. He's kind of on the verge of quitting acting, and then this script comes through. He said that it was like a nice surprise to see a thing where it's actually funny. Okay. So he goes in and auditions. They, they, I read somewhere, and I think this is just on the Wikipedia, so take it with a pinch of salt. But they auditioned something like seventy odd actors. Yeah, before, sixty-nine, I think. Yeah, sure. Uh, before they landed on Hugh Grant, and Richard Curtis would admit that he was the best of the okay. auditions, but he felt like the character as written was having. Um, problems with women in his love life and he felt like someone that looked like Hugh Grant just it just wouldn't ring true so I don't know about that because a lot of Hugh Grant's problems is that he's been with there's right. so many women that that's the thing with. I think the wedding scene when he's got all of his girlfriends around him yeah I think it, that doesn't work if he doesn't look like Hugh Grant yeah exactly because like all these beautiful women who are like yeah who just like 
end up going out with him. And then it kind of seems, they don't say him uh, explicitly, but I think what I inferred from it was that he was the contributing factor in their breakup. Like yes. They probably would have stayed with him if he wasn't either emotionally distant or actually just broke up with them or yeah. whatever. So I think that kind of serial monogamist womanizer type needs to be a bit of a dish. Yeah, and, and as to be charming, and he is very charming. He is charming. So anyway, but uh, eventually, obviously. Do you know who else they were thinking of casting? I don't. My casting what if section. Yeah, yeah. Alan Rickman. <laughs> right. Which is quite, it's, I guess it's I don't, just before Die Hard. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I guess a lot of the roles Alan Rickman did, he didn't do that bumbling, charming he thing. I'd say when he was But I don't want to put anything past him. To what film he was charming in. Mm-hmm. It's Love Actually. Yeah, yeah. I so don't, I don't like his story, though, because I hate Mia. Mia is terrible, but he is charming. But and I wouldn't put anything past him. I, I, I don't necessarily see him as this as Charles, but like I wouldn't put anything past that man. The thing is, I can't imagine anyone. He is, a, is Grant. honestly a tragic, like a tragic loss to yeah. all of. Oh, Alan Rickman. Yeah, absolutely. To filmmaking and just entertainment yeah. in general, he, he seemed like a great, good guy, and he's a terrific actor. Fantastic. So yeah, I don't know if you can. This is one of those things where you're like, how did you? How were there seventy people before? You found Hugh Grant. Like, this is Hugh Grant. Yeah. He is perfect for this role. And Richard Curtis is, like, Hugh Grant is his muse. Like he, Yeah. Really, it's like it was written for Hugh Grant. So, it's well, it's written about him, basically. He basically okay. wrote his characters on himself. Like, that bumbling fool that we all associate with being Hugh Grant yeah. is actually Richard Curtis. Okay. That's how he sees himself. Right. And Hugh Grant kind of gets annoyed about it because he thinks that, like, after this film, he gets immediately typecast as Well, it's this film and Hugh then Grant. Notting Hill. Yeah, but, like, he get, comes back off Notting Hill and he's the bankable star because of this film, right? And yes. he does sense of sensibility after this with Ang Lee. Yeah. And then, okay, he starts moving a little bit more into, he adds like the kind of more cad archetype as well. You know, the sort of sleazier guy, your Bridget Jones is about a boy. But the sleazy guy. Stuff like that. A little bit later, but that's about, that's, that's comes in the 2000s. Off, I think it works well because it comes off him Playing well, a bumbling, like... Yeah, but I don't know that it works unless you've had six exactly. years of him after four weddings. That's what I mean. Everybody from, has to he's know... He's so sleazy because... Everybody has to know who Hugh Grant is. Oh, he's a this charming, but seems to be very, like, adorable and sweet and lovely guy. So yeah. that then when he comes in in Bridget Jones and he is still very charming, but he knows that he's charming now. Yeah. That's, the, that's the difference. The difference between Charles and... Um, Daniel. Daniel Cleaver is Daniel Cleaver knows he's attractive and he knows he's charming and Charles doesn't. Yeah. And like maybe the difference is a young man like that and a man who's had a few more, a bit more attention. It's almost a struggling actor and a successful actor, yeah. you know, like the, the, there is kind of this meta narrative to Hugh Grant. Which is why when he does things like uh, A Great British Scandal, yeah. which I haven't seen all of, but I've seen bits of, and he is fantastic as that he's so sleazy in that. And he's playing against the Hugh Grant archetype. Yeah. Where he is a complete creep and a villain. Yeah. And it's so strange to see that in, coming from Hugh Grant. That's why that works so well, yeah. I think. But anyway, yeah. So supposedly Charles is, is actually kind of based off Richard Curtis. Right. Hugh Grant isn't really like that in life. And he kind of gets sometimes a little bit frustrated that people just immediately assume that. Which I'm, I probably, how many actors have probably thought that? You know, the big role that you get noticed for and everybody thinks that's who you are. I mean, especially British actors. British yeah. actors are typecasters, either villains or... Yeah, kind of bumbling yeah, people. Yeah, Richard Curtis types. Yeah, uh, but like this, I think this is the film that really brings that... Because, I mean, this film goes out and then it literally it immediately makes Hugh Grant a star. Yeah. So what's he in after this? But from Notting Hill, which is... Yeah, Curtis. Sense and Sensibility is 90... 
five, I think. Okay. He does a few other things. He does something called Nine Months opposite maybe Julianne Moore or something, which does, I think, pretty big numbers, but is critically not very well received. Right. A few other bits. But the big ones would be Sense of Sensibility and then comes back eventually in 1999, obviously does. And that's when he's back. He's back with Richard Curtis writing. So Richard Curtis writes Nothing yeah. Hill. Hugh Grant, uh, but then they bring in Julia Roberts, who is like a much more bankable star than Andy McDowell. And then they break this record. They they have the most successful British film of all time again uh, with Notting so Hill, and that makes over three hundred and sixty million dollars or something worldwide. You know, and that works because it's Julia Roberts against you. You thought, yeah, yeah, like Hugh Grant was not known when Four Weddings came out. So you're taking somebody who you're taking a film which was like incredibly successful. Everyone went mental for Four Weddings. Yeah. Immediately turns Hugh Grant into a sex symbol, both here and in the States as well. Like they the Americans go fucking nuts for it. And then for, by the time you get to ninety nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean it makes like fifty million at the box office, right? So it's not like an unbelievable yeah. gangbusters thing. But in ninety four that's not bad. And off a budget like that from mm. a director who hadn't done much of note before this a screenwriter who'd never done really anything film. on film. Yeah. And Hugh Grant, who had been in films, but no one knew he was. Yeah. So, and I honestly, I think that's maybe why, maybe that's why it ends up getting the Oscar nod. I don't know. Like, this film came out in March in the States. Okay. It came out in May over here. That's pretty early. Well, especially back then. So these days, I think you get a lot more Oscar picks throughout the year. Yeah, but like, that's early, isn't it? You know, like, December. you look at a lot of the other stuff, like Quiz Show, Pulp Fiction, all the and Forest Company, like, they're all like at least July, if not like September, October yeah. time. Pretty standard time you'd imagine for the oscar picks yeah i think in order for something to make an impact long enough to be remembered by the oscars it's got to be you know yeah you know to be remembered like that and it well it obviously did it made money and then it came worldwide and made even more money and it's one of those things that i've sort of put off watching yeah i don't quite know why yeah uh because love actually is the best film of all time and about time is a close second sure so i don't know why i've i i guess it was just a one of the, the last richard curtis film i think i've yeah i've not seen so yeah then after that grant spends the 2000s kind of flipping this his what he wasn't so he spends 94 through 2000 and say two or whatever yeah playing this kind of role and then it kind of flips and he plays the cad version of this role yeah your bridget jones type you're about a boy type whatever kind of moves around a bit though late 2000s into the teens and he's made if you look through he's made a lot of films that don't exist now is it man from uncle was music it? and lyrics don't exist know. I'm not quite like music. The rewrite. Never heard of the rewrite. Doesn't really exist. They're not even bad necessarily, but. Oh, there's a lot of films. Like Remains of the Day. Uh, Remains of the Day. Yeah, but that was before this. That was before Four Weddings. I think he must have had a tiny role in that film. Okay. Uh, two Weeks Notice. You know, I think he's always pretty bankable, but like mostly he's actually really good. When he, Especially when he get, takes on something a little bit more interesting, he's really like, good. Like Cloud Atlas. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah he's very good in he's Cloud, good in Cloud Atlas. Atlas. Yeah. Moves around. Uh, but, and then he's kind of had a little bit of a resurgence. He was obviously in Florence Foster Jenkins, which I thought was awful, but he's, you know, pretty good. Now, I don't think I've ever really seen him be bad. He's just good on screen. He's in Paddington 2? Yeah. Which I've not seen. So now he's probably when we talk about Paddington 2. <laughs> the actual best film ever made. Yeah. He is... Oof, He's so good in Pennington too. Okay. He's done some good work. Is he the villain? Yeah. He's done some good work, I think. But uh, Pennington 2 is his career best work. You, like, genuinely? He is phenomenal. Right. He is completely... It is such a good meta performance of somebody using their star persona yeah. in exactly the right way. He's like... It's like a delicious performance, you know? Yeah. Like, it's really... And he like he has photos of himself when he's like from like the ninety four kind of oh, era. Okay. Like he's got pictures of himself all around his like house right, and yeah. stuff like that. And he what he's like a failed thespian, and he's like a proper thesp. You know, he's working on like a one man show and stuff right, like that. Yeah. And he's just honestly, you have to see it. 
I can't, believe, I, I can't believe you still haven't seen Bad Influence. I'm trying to get Hannah to watch it, and she's not there. It's um, so good. Saw it twice in a day. You saw it twice in a day? At the cinemas, yeah. At the cinema? Yeah. You just you just walked back in? No, I came home. I was short on my own. Yeah. And uh, I, I was reborn. Yeah. So I was reborn in the car on the way home. By yourself? Mm-hmm. I birthed myself. Mm. Paddington birthed me. That's, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> Genuinely, that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> and then I came home. I saw Sherelle mm-hmm. and I said, we have to go. I said, we got, you got to come see Paddington too. It's so good. I can't pack your bags. I, said, I can't believe how good it is. She got a little stick and she, <laughs> <laughs> like Dick Whittington. And she tied a thing around mm, it. She put a marmalade sandwich yeah. in there, put her hat on, marmalade sandwich in the hat as well. No, but so she, and she was really busy at the time. She had like loads of stuff going on. And she, I just, she's like, I'm not around. I'm literally around that evening. That was it. And I said, well, we have to go now then. So we went. So you got home, you turned around and you went and watched Paddington right. 2 again. More or less, yeah. I would have waited, but she had, you know, for the next couple of weeks or whatever, she was pretty pretty busy. And I said, well, we have to go now. And then I went back again a few weeks later with my whole family at Christmas. You saw Paddington 2 three times in cinema. Three times in cinema, yeah. I don't think I've ever once watched a film three times in cinema. Have you I watched, not? I watched Charlotte the Chocolate Factory twice. Yeah. I watched Infinity War twice, unfortunately. I have now seen The Force Awakens three times in cinemas. Because I saw it twice when it was out. And, and then I watched watch, a double yeah. bill when the last Jedi came out. And then I saw the I saw the last Jedi twice, but I saw before I saw the last Jedi at midnight. Yeah, they ran Force Awakens before okay. up till midnight, and then they rolled Last Jedi straight after, and it was good fun. It had to be in three D, which is a shame, but it was good fun. We're gonna have to do a like a marathon, Star Wars marathon before of all uh, of them before the ninth one. Maybe not. Maybe not all of them. Maybe just four through eight. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe just one, two, and three. Or just, yeah, we'll just. We could watch the... one, two, and three, and then we could watch <laughs> no, one, can... two, and three again <laughs> in place of the original trilogy, and then we could watch one and two. Then we watch Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, all of Clone Wars, mm. the whole animated series. Never actually seen Clone Wars. I've got the uh, the box set of it on Blu-ray. Okay. I saw it on like, a, like some Black Friday deal or something yeah. and I just bought it. Is it and good? I've seen like ma- about half of season one. It's it's fine. Like it, I think it probably gets pretty good. It, it's kind of interesting because it, it works a little bit like uh, comics. Yeah. Like there's like these little arcs that go over like four or five episodes at mm. a time or something. And they're actually really quite decent. But I don't know. I'm happy with Star Wars. Films, people love know? that lore. I don't well. want the books and the extra things. The con- I don't. I don't want all that. I think it's great that it ex- exists, and I think it's good if it's nice if it's, if it's good. It well, for the people that want it, I think it's fine. I think, but I'm fine. I like just the films. I, well, I will say, um, Gendy Tartakovsky did a 2D animated Clone Wars. Oh, in yeah. the run-up, it was on Cartoon Network. The guy yes, that did Samurai yeah. Jack and uh, Dexter's Laboratory. Mm. And then he makes like Hotel Transylvania and stuff, the films. Yeah. But like Samurai Jack would probably be the thing most people know him for now. Maybe our generation, Dexter's Lab would be a bit more. I didn't have Cartoon Network. We were too poor to have Cartoon um, Network. But, well, anyway, Samurai Jack, I've not seen all of it, but like, what I've seen is fucking mint. Oh, really? It's just incredible. He's he's such a good animator. Like the amount of storytelling he can do through action scenes and movement without use yeah. of dialogue is like, it's really, really impressive. And that's what the 2D Clone Wars is. The 2D Clone Wars. Oh, I think I've seen the 2D Clone Wars. It, it feels a lot like Samurai Jack with lightsabers. Like, it's so good. It's and there's so good. There's a, just like an episode on each character. Like there'll be an episode about everyone can ever go into a planet. And that's what that episode's about. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There is a little bit of an overarching thing to it. But then the film came out, which was the 3D animated film. I mentioned all the stuff the that happened in the Clone Wars. The film fucking sucks. That's the third film? Yeah. 
So no, no, the, no the, the film, the Clone Wars film. Is oh, it's a Clone about. Wars film. Yeah, so the, the, the animated series, the Clone Wars, like the, the, the 3D animated series of the yeah. Clone Wars, the one that's still going and has been spun off into like Rebels and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, right? That, the first, that was kicked off with a film and the film was effectively like... But the first four episodes. Yeah, it was like, a, it was like, a, like almost like half a season. It was like that and then it moved into uh, the series and the film sucks, but the series kind of finds its footing a little bit in yeah. the shorter form. But I, I don't know why the 2D animated one was done. I think maybe it was done in the run-up to the film or something like on Cartoon Network think, to get people hyped. I think that was done in between... But they're just, short. They're short episodes. You can find the whole thing on YouTube. The whole thing is like three hours total yeah. and you can watch it all on YouTube. You, it's... I think it's in between uh, two and three. Because in the third one, yeah, I yeah. Think they come in, they start talking about the Clone Wars, and I had yeah, no well, idea what So going Attack on. of the Clones ends, and the Clone Wars, because we said, begotten the Clone Wars have, or whatever he says, right? God. Right, yeah. Is that what he says? I have no idea. I think he's I, can't, just, I, I think couldn't tell you what line. happens in those films. The thing about Yoda is he often, he often says some of the later words in the sentence, earlier in the sentence, like which German. is unusual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the, <laughs> clone, <laughs> the clone Wars begins at the end of two, and then all the animated stuff in between takes place between two and three. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Grievous is still in it and shit like that. It like introduces Grievous, which would maybe make his appearance in three not so like, who the fuck's this guy and why do I care? And also, why is he Dracula? <laughs> He's, I want to suck your blood. Uh, I can't General Kenobi. I can't remember anything that happens in that film. Oh my god! I'm really like, get cut off. But I've listened to a lot of people talking about that film, but not actually seen it that many times. Uh, well, I've seen it. I just have. I can't remember anything that happens. Yeah, it's not. It's not hugely memorable. I wouldn't say. No, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really stick in the, stick in the yeah. old noggin. No, it's not a sticky film. Yeah, no, the the animated clone was fucking great. Yeah. So, um, this is good for weddings tools. I can't remember. So what's the tangent of the tangent that we're on at the moment? Hugh Grant. No, no, oh, Paddington 2. Paddington 2. Okay, yeah. But how did we get to Star Wars? Uh, because you saw Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number of times you've seen something in cinemas. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I like is the side plot with the deaf character, his, uh, his brother. Oh, yeah. I think that's so sweet. Yeah. He just she, like... see, she sees him at the first wedding and then three months later at the other she's wedding. Learned she's learned sign language. Yeah, and she's getting it wrong. Yeah. She's making tolls of mistakes. I don't know if she that's how that it, sign language works. She said, no, so it's not. She says that it'll be mice to dance with him. Oh, yeah. That will be mice. It's not, but because she's a beginner, I think what she's done is she's learned the alphabet. You can see her signing the letters oh, of the see. alphabet. So she doesn't actually sign stuff like... Joel, yeah, sure. Yeah. She doesn't actually sign um, things like... She says, like, that would be nice. Well, that that would be mice is what she says when, when he asks her to dance. But she doesn't sign the that would be. She kind of marries it like... And, and then, then just... just spells out mice... Up, you know wrong um on her on her fingers and she does the same thing with um when she first talks to him you can if you watch she, she oh, does okay. actually sign the letters properly but it's just very slow because she's doing she's not doing words whereas he is doing proper sign language i used to know sign language I was, yeah i did i've known bits when i was like a top proper toddler my yeah. mom used to teach sign language oh yeah I yes to, I used to yeah go to the classes your mom did teach sign language uh, uh, sorry, I know you know that. It's just that you've just reminded me that she does. That she used. Why to do did that. you know that? I don't know. I think maybe uh, I don't know. I think maybe you've told me that before. Yeah, Joel. Yeah, yeah well done. Thank you. Uh, I know that's what. What sign language is great on a podcast. Uh, what if you hold your ear? Uh, I think that's like where where. If you hold your ear, it means when, um, that's louder. Uh, that's my name, is isn't it? Like uh, almost like your salute. Kind, it's kind of like a salute, isn't it? Yeah. I can do a please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone knows bullshit that one. I don't think you have to do the mouth noises. I don't think bullshit is doing the bullhorns and then... Yeah, no, that's, that's bullshit in sign language. Is it really? Yeah, 100%. Okay. But you're on a podcast, no one can see us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Google 
sign language. We should probably talk about a bit more about four weddings. I know so you want to talk about Richard Curtis. We will talk about Richard Curtis, but let's just go through some four weddings. So there are four weddings. Right. We start, they say fuck a lot, they go to a wedding. Yes. The, the for first... characters that don't really show up again, I don't know why he's best man for Angus's wedding, because he doesn't really seem like their friends. Oh, they, they show up in all the scenes. <laughs> Is he They've there? got kids. Yeah, yeah, you kind of see him, but he doesn't seem like they're part of like the group, you know? They, they, uh, they're not KST part of the, yeah, yeah. Scarlett and Tom. So the group and is uh, Simon Callow and his uh, boyfriend. Partner, yeah, and he, oh, what's his great? name? The guy from The Mummy. Uh, Chris? That's him, yeah. Brandon Fraser. <laughs> Brandon? Brandon. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get to Fraser, and I think I got the, the A side of my mouth. Mm. So, <laughs> Brandon Fraser. No, uh, I think his first name is... I don't know if his first name is actually... Oh, he plays the uncle. He plays Jonathan. In, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is it Richard Weiss in... Uh, it's Richard Weiss. Yeah, Richard Weiss's brother, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he's good. I like him. He's a good actor. I don't, you don't see him around too much, but I think he's good. Uh, he's very good. He, I think he does a lot of TV. Yeah. Let uh, I me mean, have a look at his... So that's, yeah, so it's him and it's the, it's the gay couple. It's uh, Chris and Scott Thomas, Fee. Uh, yeah, Scarlett. Uh, Scarlett. Um, Tom is Fee's brother. They're really rich. Yeah. Obviously, Charles Hugh Grant. And there's David, who is his brother, who seems... And David is his brother. Yeah. Also, why did none of the others know how to sign yet? Like, they seem to hang out with David a lot, and they haven't even made any Oh, that's effort. true. Yeah, They're just like, true. oh, Charles, what do you say? Because, like, he repeatedly lies to his brother. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I, what I did like, you know, after, just before they, he does the running off and chasing her down South Bank. Yeah. Bit, where he, you know, um, you know, talks to her and that. Uh, that was a very Hugh Grant hand gesture that you just did by the way <laughs> sorry it's proper like both hands shaking um no, no 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 before that he meets them wherever they are i don't know if they, they go to the cinema or something i can't really tell what they're like doing a shopping center maybe they're going shopping but he meets them and they do the thing where they sign he's signing to him and yeah. she's trying to talk i like that they just i like that she doesn't know sign language because oh, I, I thought think there was a joke. Yeah, be I there. think there's a really easy joke in there where she signs something at the end and they realize she knew sign language all yeah. along. And that is, I think, the exact joke you'd see in a film today. Like a film like this released now, I think you'd get that joke at the end of it. I think so. You get it all the languages, they do it all the time. They, you know, they wait and wait and wait and wait while they see yeah. embarrassing things and then they, it's, oh, they knew it then they start talking yeah. in the language. I, I think that joke sucks. I think it's really easy. And I like the fact that they're like, no, why would she know sign language? She doesn't have anyone definitely. Which Kurtz does, he, he manages to do that without making the joke like you've got that joke in your head yeah so he manages to do it without make, having to make the joke so he still sort of gets there yeah i guess kind of but i just think it, it actually works better that I th that's what i mean i think because it... it's a moment between the different characters yeah. and i think i think richard curtis does a lot of good stuff in this film you were talking about how you don't like how posh they are i don't dislike how posh they are but this is actually i think he does a really good job because they are posh they're undeniably posh but they're not snobby like you don't hate them because they're posh. They don't seem like I don't really mind. I don't dislike yeah, fucking yeah. entitled snobby people. They're just posh people who are also people, and they have their. They're just so very posh. They are. They are very posh. Yeah. I, I think Richard Curtis does a very good job of. He's does he does this thing where he can make a, someone a complete caricature. Yeah. And at the same time, make them make them actually a decent character. Like, uh, yeah, make them human and make yeah. them an actual person that you can sort of. Yeah. Which I think is something that's quite unique to him. He, so. I, when I was reading, like, to be fair, I thought a similar thing to y probably what you would have thought, which was, this is a Richard Curtis film, and Mike yeah. Newell kind of just came in and did the directing, and maybe you don't like some of his decisions, but mm. he was really just there to do a job. Actually, when I was reading, it sounds like, so what Richard Curtis said was that what he comes from a, he comes from a comedy background, right? So yeah. it's always about getting the joke. Mike Newell comes from a filmmaking background, so he wants to find the character and okay. the truth. 
And what basically ended up happening was he was the one bringing out those characters. And I think there was a, I saw a quote from Hugh Grant talking about the film where he was saying about how he felt like he was being directed to almost uh, move away from the jokes or like to, to act, stress the, the truth in yeah. the matter, yeah. not the joke. Okay. And actually, I think that the comedy almost works better because of that, mm. because the jokes aren't really delivered. And his bumbling thing where he's tripping over his words and taking ages to say anything yeah. uh, was a piece of direction given to him by Newell. And so I think a lot of that stuff, a lot of the, like, the heart and humanity that comes out it's in it Newell. actually does come from Newell. Now, okay. whether that's kind words from the people around him, but yeah. I think Richard Curtis was kind of like, I wrote jokes and I expect him to live in like jokes. But I yeah. think what Newell brought to it was he recognized, no, you're making a film. This has to be a this character. Be delivered by... It will still be funny regardless. Yeah. And it's almost funnier because he doesn't stress the punchlines. You know, he almost obscures the punchlines. He hides he's them away because emba- he's embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. And that becomes literally the Hugh Grant archetype for like nearly a decade after that. And yeah. It's almost the rom-com archetype, like the British rom-com archetype. Well, I think it's probably sets the, uh, becomes the British archetype that every, all the other archetypal films are based on. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it literally is such a big hit, I guess. Yeah. So this, well, should we go through the wedding? So there's the first okay. wedding. Yeah, yeah. And he, so, which is uh, Angus's wedding. Angus, yeah. Hugh Grant is best man. Mm-hmm. He delivers a speech. He's late. He's late. He's forgotten he's, the rings. He's always late. So they, they have this sequence they have at the beginning of every... He wakes up, says, fuck so a lot. The, fir- the first, like, six words in this film are fuck, fuck which I yeah. think is pretty great. Uh, and he lives with Scarlet. Yes. Uh, and then they go to a wedding and they have some getting there and he's bumbling and then... He's the best man. He's forgotten the rings. Yeah. So they use Scarlet's they rings. They go and find the rings. I think that's nice as well because w- what you get there is he's looking across the crowd so at the see, wedding yeah. and you can see that he's friends with yeah, Simon exactly, Callow yeah. and his partner and Scarlet and all that. You know, you see them to, and then they're, to be fair, he's friends there. with the people you're like, yeah, I recognize that actor. Yeah, yeah. The, he's friends with all like, Scott the attractive that's or Simon interesting Callow. people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at the then, time in 94 well, Simon Callow is a, Simon Callow obviously was like a thespian and that yeah. but maybe not the other people but yeah. See what you're saying. Um, Kristen Thomas, I think, was a bit of a name. I don't know much about Kristen Scott Thomas. I don't either, but I feel like... Probably. I think she's I've heard, like, definitely heard the I name. I think she's like third build. Okay. I, I think, it, so I think Andy, it's Hugh, Hugh Grant, Andy McDowell. Yeah. Uh, he forgets the rings. They use these funny rings. Funny rings. Yeah. Uh, they are funny rings. The wedding looks so boring. All the weddings look so boring to me. They're funny rings, though. Yeah, they're funny rings. Yeah. They do look a bit boring, but I do think he got, does a good job of finding the comedy in, in a regular boring wedding. Apparently so this he's, is, he's went to 65 weddings. Right, yeah, before. so this is his point. He, this is the way he wrote it, supposedly. Yeah. Right? Is he, he's, he's going to all these fucking weddings mm. year in, year out. You get it, you've got friends, Richard. Yeah, I know, you've got loads of friends. Yeah, not boring, Richard. Yeah. But I think what he, what he said was he went to all these weddings and he felt like the movies often left out the actual, import, uh, the actual interesting bits. Like, okay. Right, so he decides to write a script. So the bits where you're talking to people that you don't know. And, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of the funny bits that people can actually relate to. I mean, mm. that's what com- most comedy is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's finding something to relate to. So yeah, the funny rings. Oh my, carry on. Uh, they get married. Despite Which is a really good ending he for meets, any wedding. Mm, which is not the ending for all the weddings. No, it's not. Uh, so then he meets Andy McDowell. He meets Andy McDowell at the first wedding. They sleep together. They sleep together at the first together wedding. Because well. he goes and he meets the guy who thinks that he's in with, with Andy oh, McDowell. Oh, that's funny. He's, I recognize him. As yeah, a, but like some, an and some yeah, some character actually just plays yeah. the asshole needs to be. Um, then he, my one of my issues with this is that Hugh Grant turns from like a complete bumbling idiot to a genuinely charming, uh, slick guy in like seconds. Like he goes as soon as he recognizes that Andy likes him back, he's so slick and charming. Oh, with, with the first sex scene. In the first mean? sex scene, 
I suppose, but he's still kind of tripping over his words and getting, you know, stammering a little bit. But it, it feels, it's kind of one of the things, it feels like he's intentionally doing that because it works for the, the, the delivery of a joke. Yeah. In a lot of exactly, senses. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the sex scene when they're saying like, oh, what, what would be too much in front of the Rich. vicar? And they really go in like, you, they don't stop when... This is my thought. Yeah. You'd think like once you're actually in the act, when, yeah. like this is the problem, okay, folks at home, bit of sex advice for you all. <laughs> This is the this, or this is a segment where uh, <laughs> I, I was giving sex, sex advice, advice based entirely on a scene <laughs> in a film. <laughs> Why would you start a sexual encounter based on a bit? Because when do you stop the bit? Like he also says the word he says the word bottom in the yeah, middle of the bit, and it, it really makes me cringe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can see your bottom. Um, but then she goes straight back to America. She does that good bit where she says, uh, "When are you going to announce the engagement?" You know, when he, he wakes, he wakes. He, I don't wakes think she up. delivers it very well. Like she doesn't deliver it great, but it's kind of funny. I guess. You know, she sort of said, you know, I think since we slept together, which of course is how we started this podcast, isn't it? Oh, because we slept together. Since so we slept together, so you, know, have to do the podcast. you have to do a podcast together. Yeah. That's the rule. Anyone you sleep with, you have to you have to start a podcast with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're moving on. Yeah. Okay, I just cool. thought people might like to know the origin story. So the, back, the backstory to us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first wedding. She goes, and then she goes back to America. Yeah. And then it's literally the next scene is the next wedding, right? Just three, three months, months later. Because you see Bernard and Lydia yeah. get together at the other wedding. And then the next thing is you're invited. You invite so Lydia says to Bernard months, at the first wedding. In three wedding. months. Well, Lydia says to Bernard at the first wedding, I'm not, I'm that, not that desperate. desperate. He says, and well, then, you know, if you, you see, yeah, she says, what, what's wrong? I was promised sex. So that's what she said. Oh, he yeah, because she's a bridesmaid. I'm a bridesmaid. Everyone told me that I'd be, yeah. you know, and like not a single... That's promise sex. Yeah, and he says, well, if you want, I could step in. I'm not that desperate, she says. And, and then he says, of course. He, just, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. he says, no, no, of course, no. Uh, no, quite, good point. Uh, and then you see them snogging, and she just, she's so stunned by how well he kisses. Yeah, and she just goes, Bernard! Bernard! And then it's the wedding uh, of Lydia and Bernard. Yeah. And that's the Rowan Atkinson wedding, and he's funny. Rowan Atkinson, who's just, in Richard Christopher, which just plays... Just someone who's in it, like a one. Two yeah, I mean, you get the—they know each other, right? They work together. In Blackadder. Yeah, so they—I I read that they. Um, Richard Curtis like, gets his start collaborating with um, Rich, Rowan Atkinson at like Fringe Festival stuff okay. like that, right? Um, and then he goes on to so Richard Curtis goes on to work on not not the nine o'clock news with Ben Elton. Um, but then he comes back to Rowan Atkinson. They write Blackadder. They start writing Blackadder together. They eventually bring Ben Elton on. Yeah, and then they the two Curtis and Elton write it together. Yeah. Richard Curtis is the only person credited as a writer on every episode of Blackadder. Oh, really? Which, to be fair, I mean, so like the guy does not the nine o'clock news. Mm. He's he's a, a staff writer on not the nine o'clock news. I right. think that was a bigger thing. But he creates and writes Blackadder. After Blackadder, him and Rowan Atkinson go on to create and co-write together Mr. Bean. Okay. Uh, he then co he co-creates and uh, he creates and co-writes Vicar of Dibley. So these are like staples of British. Yeah, culture. I mean, if like if there's anyone in the states listening that doesn't know these things, they are. Oh, I think everyone in the states is Mr. Bean. Yeah, but if you don't know Vicar Dibley and Blackadder, these are like the the like, pin, these are the pinnacle. These, it's only, it's my, that and only fools and horses. Of, I mean, it's that yeah. and only fools and horses. They're almost like the holy trinity of yeah, maybe Forty Towers as well, right? But this is the pinnacle of like British sitcom. Yeah, and a lot of it. He's kind of like I guess I would say. Um, Michael Schur is kind of that guy now, right? Michael Schur is the good place. And yeah, he, he so he did The Office, okay, uh, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, The Good Place. Like, dude's crushing it. Yeah. I don't know if he writes all of those, but I think he has he a definitely hand created in, the good create, place. Yeah, he's yeah. a creator, producer, okay. and often director. Like, he's having that run at the moment where he's just getting American comedy TV. Yeah. Like, I think Richard Curtis is kind of like that guy in like the early nineties mm. for the UK. UK. 
the idea of writing i'm not a huge mr bean fan but obviously it is very well regarded and it's very very popular it but i love the vicar dibbler blackadder it might be my one of my favorite sitcoms of all time so the first season is i don't love the first season yeah it is but two three four are unbelievable yeah Yeah. i mean it's like almost every every single episode is just fantastic yeah so and the special they did as well the time travel one even that's really really good so uh, i can't remember what it's actually called i think it was a christmas special they came back and did. okay but so he's done like he's a kind of a name at least in yes british television culture yeah so when he makes a film i suppose it's not with no attention probably you know people kind of knew who he was but it seems like like he had quite a lot of say over casting yeah i think he was pretty involved in it yeah know? and i guess this is at the point where you would well, i mean we said last week about what, how where hollywood was in i know this isn't hollywood it's a british film but filmmaking in general you write a script and then you can kind of actually get it made yes. based on the spec script as opposed to just a um an idea yeah, like a yeah. pitch um so where, how do we get onto this second wedding lydia and bernard <laughs> Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rowan Atkinson is the vicar. He does yes. a very good bit where he keeps messing up the words. And that's funny. That is genuine. It is funny. Like, yeah. it seems like at that point. And the holy spigot. The, the holy spigot. There's uh, the holy goat as well. Yeah, the first thing he says is, yeah, the father, the son, and the holy goat. G- g- ghost. Yeah. And He's, he says... Rowan Atkinson is unbelievable. Um, as do a, you, Bernard... That, they obviously called him Bernard so that Richard, Rowan Atkinson could say Bernard. Bernard. Do you, Bernard Godfrey... St. John Delaney. <laughs> and he says, I, Bernard, Jeffrey, St. John Delaney. Delaney. Yeah. And he gets to the point when he's like, Bernard, Jeffrey, St. Because you see him in an earlier Lydia, scene. Lydia, Lydia, John, Hibbert. Yeah. Instead of Jane. And then he Lydia. says, like, <laughs> do you, uh, do you, to be Johned in early matrimony, just keep <laughs> saying John. <laughs> he is like yeah, yeah. You see him in an early scene. scene. Yeah. that scene kind of washes. I don't quite get that scene. No, he's just there, and then he says, "I'm training to be a priest." He's yeah. talking to Christian Scott Thomas. He says, "I'm training to be a priest." Uh, it just seems like a reason to have Christian Scott Thomas and Renax talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. and then it, it pays off when he, you see him become a priest. I guess. Yeah, so it explains because then he says oh, he's a first time, his first yeah. time as a family friend. But they could have done that without. You don't need to have... No, I don't... You wouldn't I be like, I don't buy this guy's a first-time priest. When yeah. he starts fucking everything up, you believe it. He also, you could have just said, this is my first time. Yeah. Uh, so now there's that wedding. What else what happens? At that wedding, you find out that Andy McDowell is engaged to Hamish. Yes. So he goes off and he's like, oh, hold on, stay there. He gives his brandies to his friends, runs off, and he's really happy. Yes. He says, this is a great wedding. Goes back and then immediately she's like, here's my fiance Hamish. Yes. He actually says a line. What does he say? He says, is something happened? He says, yes, I believe it has. Or something, or something like that. Yeah, they say, something happened. And he says, uh, I think in a very Hugh Grant way, he says, yes, I think it has rather. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is actually a great wedding. Um, anyway, I'll be back in about five hours. Yeah, uh, that's quite a good Hugh Grant impression. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Uh, then he found out that she's engaged. Hamish, mm-hmm. who is like 90. He says, so he says you, you look perfect. In fact, you may actually be perfect. Do you say that? Yeah. Oh, he's such a, this is such a Hugh Grant line though. Yeah. Uh, and a Richard Curtis line. Yeah. Um, and then they sleep together anyway. Yeah. Oh, but she... first he watches uh, Bernard and Lydia have sex. Yeah. Which is really good. The best reveal of that is when he gets to the door and you think he's got think out he's and then they cut away and then they cut back and he's just, he's just in, in the a, sink. I don't, there was a sink in a cupboard. <laughs> there was a sink in a cupboard. I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. But he's just, uh, and then it's, he does a lot of face acting, mm. reacting to them. And then he gets out. And he goes, oh, I I found it. Yeah, he just decides yeah. that he's like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. Right. This is the other, and then he immediately leaves the room. Mm. Okay. 
and bumps into Henrietta. So we've had, okay, so we've had the other scene where he says about her, because he says it's like his wedding from hell. Oh, cause because he sat with all, he of, sat with all of his ex-girlfriends yeah. and everything. And there's the funny thing where they're all laughing about something he said about another girlfriend and she's sitting right there. They call her Miss Piggy? Yeah, and her mum was Mrs. Piggy. <laughs> Which is we've funny. Both, we've both lost a lot of weight since then. <laughs> so there's that. And then he says to his friends, oh, I'm having the wedding from hell, ghost from, ghost from girlfriend's past. He says, yeah. oh, in a minute I'll run into Henrietta and everything will set it off. And then yeah. the next thing, the next she line is... Oh, hi, Hen. So obviously she's there. She immediately starts crying. <laughs> I think she just says, oh, Charlie, and just starts crying. Like, oh, no, Hen. Yeah, uh, uh, he doesn't even apologize. No. But then, um, so he comes out of the room where Lydia and Bernard are having sex. And uh, weird sex as well, by the way. Like, unorthodox. <laughs> unorthodox. <laughs> Not the actual sex necessarily, but just the patter, you know? I can't really remember the patter. Oh, no, I, it was... Um, he screams, I love my wife at the end, doesn't he? He does. Um, he seems like a nice bloke. Yeah, I think he seems nice. Yeah. So he comes, he comes out of the room and Henriette is literally standing there and starts talking to him, right? It, it looks like she was waiting for him. Oh. Why would she know he was in there? Or maybe she was just listening in. Yeah. But then she, but not only, he hasn't made any noise. He'd made little enough noise that the other people didn't. Oh, she was just and then he immediately grabs it and says, oh, Charles. But why would she be waiting outside a random door just thinking he was going to come out? That seems odd to me. Is that when he says Hem was on top forum? No, that's much later. Okay. Yeah. So he talks to her there and then he, she, she says about, oh, I, I thought you were going to propose and all the time you were just you were just waiting to leave. Oh, yeah. And then she starts crying again. Yeah. Um, so that's basically it. Like, that's basically what you see there. And he, oh, she, and that's he when sleeps... she says she calls him a serial monogamist. But doesn't he sleep with Andy McDowell again? Yes. Uh, when she's engaged. Yeah. So, he, so she says that she's leaving, but then he sees her again. And he goes, oh, have you not gone? And she says, no, Hamish had to get a, like a, I don't know, a fucking helicopter or some shit. A sleeper. A sleeper. He's getting the sleeper back to Edinburgh. Yeah. Like he's getting the Edinburgh sleeper. He says, will you keep me company back to the thing? Mm. And then they end up going up. She says, oh, I, I think I can resist you. You're not that cute. <laughs> You're like, Andy McDowell, have you looked at have Hugh Grant? Look, look at the man. <laughs> he is, he is too cute. Like, he yeah. is that cute. Yeah. Um, so then they sleep together. They sleep together. And then they go out for breakfast or lunch or? Yeah. And they talk about, no, 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 no. Again, that's later. That's later. I've got this film all mixed up. I watched this yesterday. So, because then, then it literally cuts again. And that's the one, basically the one sequence of the film, which isn't set at a wedding because Scarlett comes into his room, same bedroom. Yes. But that comes after the third wedding. So, uh, there comes a bit, Scarlett comes into his room and she says, what are you doing today? And he's, you know, he's like, I think I'm going to take advantage of the fact it's the first Saturday of my life. that I don't have a wedding to go to. Yeah. So he he's doing something with David. Oh, yeah, he's going to see his brother, and then he bumps. He into bumps her. into her because he's out buying. He gets the wedding invitation for her wedding that morning, so mm-hmm. he goes to the shop to look at the gift list. Yeah, she bumps into him when she's there because she's what like skulking, well, skulking around. They have like skulking thing earlier, don't they? She's skulking around the, the shop, going, "Oh, what's everyone bought?" Yeah, like a fuck, I don't on. think I like her in this film. She's like a bit of a dick. She's she like, a bit cheats of a dick. on her partner yeah. a couple times, doesn't, and then just comes and ruins a guy's wedding. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. She's a dick. I don't like I don't like her character that which is, is I think one of the one worst of the central failings of this film is maybe film. that that you don't really seem together much like I don't, think, say, they, I don't well, think they have that much chemistry they sleep no but I, I, I think that's maybe McDowell's performance a little yeah, bit I really yeah, I agree. think it helps but they what they sleep together once after kind of like a night of flirtation yeah they sleep together again after the second wedding but that's adultery yeah and then they have this day where they bump into each other and she goes, I'll oh, come and help me choose a wedding dress. Yeah. They choose a wedding dress. They Then they go to the cafe and she recounts all the ex-lovers she's the had. 33. Yeah. 
Which is kind of nice. It's kind I, of a nice scene. You kind of, you kind of went for it to be a bit. Probably her best scene from an action yes. standpoint. I, I actually I, believe I, it. I think. I, I don't know. It's just when she goes. Oh, there's thirty one. And then it was thirty two. He was. I just. It just great for me, but I don't like her in this. <laughs> okay. Um, and then one of the better scenes of it. He abandons his brother, runs off, and does the very bumbling, the most Hugh Grant, Richard it Curtis is moment so bumbling. in the film. Where it's, he says, it "Must be the to, most bumbling." To sum film. up in a in a more in a more concise <laughs> way. It's a good scene, though. It's she says, I'm glad what is, I said what I said. And she said, what, yeah, she, what did you say? Yeah, she said, that was very romantic. He says, uh, yeah, well, I worked hard on it. You know, <laughs> it would be just right. Your, and what did you say? Uh, the thing about David Cassidy. Yeah, the David Cassidy thing. Um, look, sorry, sorry. Uh, I just, um, uh, well, this is a really stupid question, and uh, particularly in view of our recent shopping excursion. But uh, I just wondered if by any chance... Um, uh, I mean, obviously not, because I am just some kid who's only slept with nine people, but I, I just wondered, uh, I, I really feel, um, uh, in short, uh, to recap in a slightly clearer version, uh, in the words of David Cassidy, in fact, um, while he was still with the Partridge family, uh, I think I love you. And uh, uh, I, I uh, just wondered whether by any chance you wouldn't like to... Um, uh, uh, no, 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 of course not. Um, I'm an idiot. <laughs> He's not. Excellent, excellent, fantastic. I'm so, so, lovely to see you. Sorry to disturb. Better get on. Um, so he tells me he loves her. But I, with my issue, okay, I guess this is my main issue with the film, is that I don't buy that he's that in love with her after a minute. No, and I think this is my thing. They sleep together twice. Yeah. They spend one day. And then he immediately professes love to her. You sort of think, you're just infatuated with this person because she's like American, she looks nice. She's kind of mysterious, you don't know anything about her. Like, it, it seems like he is, he kind of insinuates that he's not the best when it comes to chatting up girls and stuff. Like yeah. At the beginning, he, uh, was, he says, three weeks tends to be about my minimum for a question yeah. popping or yes. something. Yeah, so, he's swept up in like a, but it doesn't, they don't have, they haven't spent that much time together. Why would they be in love? I don't, which is what I don't, and then like, I guess it's the Thunderbolt thing, right? That Tom talks about. That's the point. Yes, but I don't feel that. I think, no, it's, I, it's I rom buy the, logic though, isn't it? I know, but I can buy that and I can buy that in a rom com. I don't mind that. I just think it needs a bit more chemistry. A little bit more. Which yeah. is, uh, which is my issue, I think. Yes, I think I agree. Um, because there are, I like this film a lot more than you do, though, I think. I really do like this film. I think it's, I think it's, I think very it's a charming. good film. I think, I think it's I'm funny. Not, I think it's I think it's charming and funny. I just it's I genuinely don't funny. Well the central I think Hugh Grant's great in it. Yes, I just wish that there was some chemistry. It's a bit more chemistry. I'm not saying there's fair, no chemistry. Fair enough. Um, I think in a rom com, you want the two leads to have chemistry. I think that's a yeah. fair request. Uh, I actually really like the supporting cast. His group of friends, I think everyone is great. Yeah, I think other than Andy McDowell, actually, the the, the film is mm. superbly well. Acted. I think the I don't know his name, but Simon Callow's partner is fantastic. Yeah. He does Matthew the, is the character's name, but right. I can't remember the uh, his delivery. I think the um the Alden poem, the Stop the Clocks. Yeah, it's a pretty cliche scene. It's a pretty cliche choice of poem for a but funeral scene. But a... he is his delivery of it is incredible. Mm. The voice crack that he does at the end. Yeah, when he says, "I um I thought love would last forever." I was wrong. And he mm. makes his, I just think the delivery on it's great. And it really did like choke. I was choked up by that. Yeah. It's effective. It's definitely the most effective scene. I think that, um, his speech. As for me, you may ask how I will remember him. What I thought of him. Unfortunately there, I run out of words. Perhaps you will forgive me if I turn from my own feelings to the words of another splendid bugger. 
W.H. Auden. This is actually what I want to say. Stop all the clocks. Cut off the telephone. Prevent the dog from barking with a juicy bone. Silence the pianos and with muffled drum bring out the coffin. Let the mourners come. Let the aeroplanes circle moaning overhead, scribbling on the sky the message, he is dead. Put crepe bows round the white necks of the public doves. Let traffic policemen wear black cotton gloves. He was my north, my south, my east and west. My working week and my Sunday rest. My noon, my midnight, my talk, my song. I thought that love would last forever. I was wrong. The stars are not wanted now. Put out everyone. Pack up the moon and dismantle the sun. Pour away the ocean and sweep up the wood. For nothing now can ever come he's, to any he's good. He's good. I think he's good. Simon Callow is good. <laughs> he's really great at it. He's really funny. I think there's maybe people. I could see where people maybe would have an issue with his performance in this. It's very big. Simon Callow. I think that's great. Oh, I love it. He's I think just he's a, great. Guy who has his best for life, and I don't think that funeral scene works. I think unless he's that guy. I think if you're talking about who wins the film, uh, you've got it's got to be Hugh Grant. Yeah, it's a star-making film. Yeah, yeah. maybe Richard Curtis because he does go on to you know he's going to go back and Notting Hill, Love Actually, which is the best film of all time, and then About Time, which is the second best film of all time. Uh, yeah, so he goes in, does that stuff. He writes Notting Hill. Event, Love Actually is his directorial debut. Yeah, and you can he tell. Nails it, yeah, you can tell that he's not. <laughs> he's a first-time director. That maybe there's no, there's no more of a screenwriter film. than he's a director. A lot of moving pieces in that script, and he can't quite pull. Them spinning all so many plates. Yeah, that and, he doesn't drop a single. Yeah, and almost all of them become <laughs> broken plates. I look quite pretty, actually. It's a good Gary impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck me, that story is awful. It's awful. It's awful. How can you love a film that much that has that storyline in it? Uh, I don't like. Don't get me wrong. I quite like Love Actually, and I spent a long time in my life really feeling like I loved Love Actually. But it has been on way too many times on, on English TV. I think I could probably. Rec- I, I watched Love Actually. At least I think you could year. turn the TV on now and Love Actually would be on. I think I. It's you don't need to turn a, the TV. On. I could just recite Love Actually. It's on on a channel somewhere yeah. all the time, like twenty four seven. It's it, it's too much. It's um, too much. Right. So if you get rid of. Kira Knightley. Uh, honestly, I think that there's only really a few that I really want to see. And I, I I, love Emma Thompson in that film. I don't like the counterpart because I don't like Mia and I don't like that story. I love Alan Rickman in the film, but I don't love his story with his co-worker. Yeah. But the payoff is maybe worth it for the um, Jodie Mitchell scene, yeah. CD because Emma Thompson is just like... Unbelievable. unbelievable and there's that scene when she she's says, so great. And uh, you get the Rowan Atkinson part in that film as well. True. And that's funny. But the line when Emma Thompson says, you made a fall out of me too and you made the life I lead foolish. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, just, it's chills. It's like yeah. an actual chills bit of acting. And there's um, Laura Linney's, I think. Is Laura Linney's is... No, I think Colin Firth is the best Colin story. Colin Firth is I really like that. But Laura Linney is again, yeah. I would. That's probably. I'd probably just flip those two right. Yeah. And I agree with you. Um, the Hugh Grant one's fine. I keep it in for a little bit of variety. Fine. I quite like. I even quite like the um, Martin Freeman. Uh, and Joe the guy who goes to America. Joanna Pitt. <laughs> that doesn't need to be the mighty guy from My Hero. That and is. he's got a big knob. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's right, though, to be fair. He goes to America and everyone immediately wants to fuck him. It's a threesome that evening. I think it's not with, a threesome. I think it's a fivesome. With, um, who are the, it's like, it's January Jones is one of them. Right. Um, it's just like these, just like unbelievably beautiful like models, like yeah. supermodel actresses. Um, and he comes back and he's got one for his friend as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I like that. I think the little kid looks like he's got the devil in his eyes. So he creeps me out. He's like 19 when that is filmed as well. He looks, he still looks that age. Thomas Brody Sanderson or Sanderson or something. The Liam Neeson kid. Yeah. So he's in and he's, he's in Game of Thrones. He's so scary. He's like 30. Eye, his eyes are not on. No, he's supposed to be like 10 in Love Actually. In, in Love Actually. In, he's, th- he's like 30 now. And that doesn't work. Cause Love Actually only came out 15 years no, ago. No, but Game of Thrones is on now and he's playing like a teenager. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's creepy, I think. He's got creepy devil eyes and it freaks me out. But I do think Liam Neeson's okay in that film. Yes. Uh, it came um, out not long after his wife died as well. The Hugh Grant one's fine. Or yeah, before, Joe Page, no, Martin Freeman's fine. I, I can do without the, the America storyline. I can do without, I can definitely do without Chuet Elijah Four and... Uh, it's the most pointless. If you just Kieran get rid Knightley of Andrew, and Andrew Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. And it's strange because I like all those actors as well. Like mm. Bill but, Nye, you could probably get rid of... Uh, quite like Bill Nye. You know? I, I love Bill Nye, but I don't... You mm. could probably do without it. But I guess the thing is, it kind the, the, the song forms the kind of central spine of the yeah. film. So, I don't know. I, I think it's... You said every every beat is perfect. And there's that's what I'm on. saying, yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. So he directs that. That's when he starts directing and then he directs about uh, The Boat That Rocked, which flops horribly both here and the States. But it's fantastic. I like it. I do like it. It's got some issues. There's there's some issues with the the thing where they trick that woman into... They trick uh, Gemma yeah. Arterton into... Well, it doesn't work, but they try and trick her into having sex with not is, Nick is, Frost. Is it Gemma Arterton? Mm. Who's the girl that he actually likes? Mara Reed. Is that her name? I don't know. I'm pretty sure the girl that Nick Frost is going to be with, but then he tries is to... Is Yeah, no, you're right. That's Jim yeah. Martin. But before she was much of a name. Yeah. He's um, directed three films. And other, I like that though. I mean, like, Philip Seville Hoffman's in it, and uh, it's obviously a good good and thing. Fans it's got just some fucking great Bill Nye in it. Yeah. Great Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Probably, no, I think Pete Bill Nye probably is about time for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, he's probably done better things, but I fucking, I fucking love him in that film. I, I love of... About Time. People, uh, that's one that people really have a problem with. I, I don't, don't understand I don't why. Understand why I don't know why like. people accept Love Actually and they they draw the line at About Time. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. About Time is the loveliest movie of all time. It's, it's just, lovely. It's that, I, there's nothing else it needs to be. It's not trying to be. So that, there are Richard Curtis's directed films. He's written other things. He wrote War Horse. He did a pass. He did a rewrite for did War he? Horse for Spielberg. Yeah. But like, so if you're talking about who wins, Hugh Grant probably, Richard Curtis maybe a little bit. If you're talking about who's best in this film, I think Hugh Grant's really good. I think Hugh Grant I is think really maybe good. Kristen Scott Thomas is the best actor. I, don't know. I, I think her performance is incredible. I think this film doesn't do enough to bring out her story. So she is, she's Fran and she is a uh, member, Faye, sorry. And she's a member of the group and she's, she's in, in love, with, love Charlie. with Charlie. But I just think she but is. But you know, at the moment the film starts, you know she's in love with Charlie. Yeah. And she has this. She maintains this composure. She's very, yeah. like, sort of serious-faced. Mm. But you can tell it's a mask. Yeah. She manages to strike this incredible balance of, like, very clearly masking vulnerability mm. as opposed to just being, like, straight-faced. Stony, yeah. And stony. And it's and then it gets to the point when she finally just is like, I can't not tell you. Yeah. She just says, it's you. Like, it is, there's this, like, sadness to mm. it and this thing of and she's just resigned herself to the fact that she loves this person at that moment because I think that moment and she goes there's nothing we can she do can hold, she can hold on to some kind yeah. of hope she's like there's nothing there's not, nothing to be done yeah and it's there's just this like desperate sadness but this understanding of that she has to has resolve and just move on 
I just think she's just really, really great in it. It just exudes that that idea, that central kind of character thing, just exudes through her whole performance. Yeah. And does she? She doesn't get enough screen time. Does she have a? Because at the end, everyone has a picture. Yeah, of she's them. pictured next to um, Prince Philip, isn't she? Oh, Prince, Prince Charles. Charles. Prince yeah, Charles. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so I think maybe the, the she's, Diana? she's Diana or, she, or she's Camilla. Well, no, because they reference Diana. So she's definitely, yeah, she must be Camilla Parker Bowles, basically. Because she says more, uh, less than Madonna, more than Princess Di. Yeah, she's true. Talking about, so she's, Princess Prin- Di Princess exists Di just, in the fiction of this film. Right. But <laughs> So maybe she, he, instead of Camilla Parker Bowles, he marries Faith. Faith, right, okay. But she's still another, oh, because she's another Charles. That makes sense. So she, okay. she ends up with Charles. Yeah, she ends up with a Charles. Nice, we figured out the movie. This could be that's a movie it, that's the key. <laughs> yeah. um, See, the thing people don't like about time, about about time, mm. is uh, they say this, this is the criticism I've heard. Right. They say the scene where he's going, Domino Gleason's going back in time over and over again to like really nail the lovemaking on their first night together is um, kind of rape adjacent. Why? Why? Because the argument is that he's going back multiple times to have sex with her over and over again, but she doesn't know he's doing that. She only agrees to have sex with him once. Well, no, she agrees three times. She agrees each time. She yeah. wants to have sex with him. He yeah. wants to just do, be better. He wants to just. I think he's quite. I think there's like a little undertone there, and I'm, I might be the only person who thinks this. That it's kind of a little bit sad that he's going back because yes, I think so as well. I think she, there's an element. She misses out on that that first sweet time. Yeah, that uh, that they make love. Yeah, and I, well, I think that is that is part of his character arc. Is at the end he doesn't go back. Yeah, he anymore need because to, yeah. he realizes that the first time you do everything, that's the central thesis that the film argues at the end is take note of it when it's happening. Don't recreate it. Don't manipulate it. Yeah, um, to make it better, the fir- like the natural, the rule, the run at it. You know, the the one go yeah. you get. That is what is beautiful. It's not creating this other thing. And he actually would have been successful. Uh, getting with Mary the first because they meet and they have a lovely evening the first time he doesn't but he goes back and to save the guys playing save the guys playing save uh, Tom Hollander who is just a shout out Tom Hollander one of my favourite actors of all time yes he's good he's in Baptiste at the moment which is oh, I've not seen that he's quite good but he is he's really great unbelievable and he's in The Night Manager which is one yeah. of my favourite TV performances but about about time's just great about time's lovely mm-hmm. Bill Nye's great in it they go and play table tennis so much it's just and then when he goes back and he has to Fucking, and he knows he's going to, he says, is this? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, oh, he says something like, oh, it's rotten or something. It's just, mm. it is heartbreaking and it's, it's fantastic. Again, the best line in that film is Lindsay Duncan as yeah. his mum. I don't know her name. She, when they find out uh, that Bill Nye has cancer, she says, I'm fucking furious. I'm so in, uninterested in a life without your father. Yeah. That breaks me. Every it's time. great. Margot Robbie's in that film. Yeah. This is the first time I saw Margot Robbie, I think. Yeah. I think it was for me too. Um, we got to do it about time episode. Hmm. I wasn't nominated for anything, but... It's nominated for an Oscar in my heart. We're going to have to do it. Uh, we can do... We'll do, we'll do like a catch-up episode at the end of the series where we do films that should have been nominated. Or our favourite <laughs> films. Well, so we have to do 2013 just so we can talk about... about what was happening in 2013? Gravi- gravity? Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about the right kind of year. Mm. We can do that year. One cool. one of these days. And then we can talk about... About time. time. Again. We do, yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah. We'll probably just do a, a shot-for-shot remake of uh, where you can be Donald Gleeson and oh. I'll be... Good joke. Good joke in Four Winds and a Funeral. Yeah. Um, bride or groom. Oh, sorry. He's Scottish, isn't he? Oh, uh, bride or groom. Bride or groom. Bride or groom. It should be perfectly obvious I'm neither. This is a good joke. Because earlier in the film, he <laughs> says, <laughs> don't be ridiculous. I'm Charles. Or, <laughs> no, it, it, no, Charles, Charles died many years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure, but don't you think I know that? <laughs> yeah. He says, another Charles, perhaps? Don't you yeah. think I know my own brother? 
That's a good. It's a good joke. Yeah. Um, I also love the delivery of the vicar at um, Charles' wedding. So we were on wedding two. <laughs> no, no. Wedding three okay. is Andy McDowell's wedding. So he does the whole thing. He talks. He says Scottish the David wedding. Cassidy thing. Big Scottish wedding. Um, there's not much. Not not much goes on at that wedding. They get married. He stands at the back and he says "fuck a doodle do." He stands at the back and says "fuck a doodle do" when she actually says "I do." But then obviously the big thing that happens is Simon Callow dies. Yeah. And then you get the funeral scene, and like that feels like a funeral. Yeah. The whole sequence, it feels like exactly you know, like no, it, there's no Scarlet is in floods of tears. Yeah. A lot of the rest of them aren't. They're clearly grieving. They all have red eyes. They've obviously been crying. They're clearly yeah. grieving, and it's very muted. Some people are showing it more than others. Um, and there's just this melancholy over the whole thing. And that is what a, that's what funeral feels like. You yeah. know, it's not big bombast or anything. It just, that is that's it. And, and I think it's good. I think broken, it's an yeah. I think it's an effective scene. There's a heartbreaking uh, moment when the vicar calls uh, his partner, his closest his friend. his closest friend. Which, yeah, I. Th- to be fair, it's 1994. The church. It's one of those things where I think you could imagine some churches at that time, maybe yes. even now, wouldn't even allow him to speak. So yeah. it's kind of nice that they do, but it's a little bit sad that they have to undercut it by saying his closest friend. They mm. can't just say his partner. But you still do get a very touching mm. eulogy. So I think this film's made now. I think their wedding is one of the first two weddings. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact, yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it does age it when he says, um, what's it, Gareth? Gareth always said he, pre- he preferred funerals to weddings. He said it was much it was much easier to get excited about a ceremony you might have an uh, outside chance of one day participating yeah. in. Uh, <laughs> which is funny. Which is funny and it's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, and luckily not no longer true. Not so true that's good. Yeah. Um, but that's, a, it, yeah, I think it's I think it's just an effective scene. It feels sad. It feels like, it feels a like grief. Yeah. Um, and then we move pretty quickly to... So they have, he has the talk with Tom, doesn't he? Where Tom says the thing of, I never expected the Thunderbolt. Yeah. I just sort of thought I'd see a girl, like the look of her, hope that the sight of me didn't make her physically sick. <laughs> that's, some, that's a low bar. It Tom. is, but like... That like does, he's not a bad looking bloke. No. Um, and he also owns a castle. He's like, the seventh richest human being in Britain. Yeah. The truth is, I, unlike you, I, I never expected the Thunderbolt. I always just hoped that, that I'd meet some nice, friendly girl. Like the look of her. Hope the look of me didn't make her physically sick. Then pop the question and um, settle down and be happy. It worked for my parents. Well, apart from the divorce and all that. I'll give you six months at the outside, Tom. Huh. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe all this waiting for one true love stuff gets you nowhere uh and then you know and then so what uh, hugh grant says something like oh yeah maybe this waiting for the one true love thing isn't the right yeah whatever he says something like maybe it's not the right thing to do and then it's 10 months later and he's gonna marry there's a bit of a thing around it but he's marrying duckface because it's the the second wedding is when um fee tells charles that she's in love with him Mm. that's the scene right before when she says oh how how is duckface because she says she calls uh fiona hates me he yeah. says, no, that's not true. And then Henrietta says, she calls me Duckface. I've never heard that. How <laughs> is Duckface? Duck <laughs> yeah, no, top form, not bad. <laughs> uh, I, it's just the Henrietta thing. I'm, I just don't buy it. It feels a bit too like a bit for me. The film's not very nice to her. No. And it feels, I don't know, it feels a bit like it wouldn't really happen. It wouldn't no. just go and get with it. No, I don't know, it doesn't she's work. a bit of a butt of jokes yeah. too often she comes in people make fun of her she's made out to be a bit crazy and then she has a wedding which is cut short like she punches him at the end which you know p- probably deservedly so but 
probably deservedly so. He, the film's just not very nice to him. It's no. not a very nice story. Fair. Um, which is, I don't, I don't think you have to be nice to all you. And it's obviously just a plot device, but you do get the feeling it is well placed after his talk with Tom. Cut to the wedding because you couldn't have put together that he's like, maybe the thunderbolt thing isn't going to happen. I just need to go back to the safety. Yeah. Of- it just feels, I don't know, it feels a little bit clumsy to me. I get that's kind of the point. Yeah. I don't like him. Fair enough. And then Andy Medal shows up. Yeah, he has a scene where he bends over and he says, bugger six times. Yeah, in a church. Bugger, bugger, bugger. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. Yeah. His brother saves him from getting married. Yeah. And then it rains and there's lots of lightning and she doesn't know it's raining. Yeah, no, she, she doesn't <laughs> know. Hugh gets wet. wet Hugh gets wet very quickly uh, and the film finishes. He doesn't want to get married. No, so he says, "Will you? Would you not marry me? And would you maybe think about not, not marrying, marrying me. me for the rest of your life?" Yeah, and it's kind of one of those things. Like, I don't feel like they're really in love. I don't feel like they yeah, know each other that exactly. well. They've barely seen each other. So why are they talking about the rest of their lives? Like she could be a horrible racist. It's interesting. I do really like this film, but I don't know if I even really like it for the central romance. I like it for the bit, the scenes in yeah. the weddings. I like it for that that group of the group of friends. Yeah. They feel like real people. They, they feel like that that group of friends that you see. At weddings, when you go to weddings for your yeah. friends, and there's a group that are always there because there, there tends to be these, which is nice because same, same kind of people. They're not all, all the weddings, yeah, uh, but there are a lot of the weddings, and they're all unique enough, and they don't, but they don't feel really, really thinly drawn. Yeah. Scarlett is obviously like a little bit weird and that kind of thing, but she's she gets still feels American like a real person, yeah. So they all sort of end up with who they wanted, basically, yeah. Apart from Fee, who ends up with Prince Charles. Yeah, she so wants Charles. Yeah. Tom, Tom meets a woman. He has the thunder. He says, Yeah, it's his cousin. It's, it's his second cousin. It's just like second cousin. Also. Yeah, it's like distant, distant family. It's, yeah, it's fine in the upper. They get a Labrador. Oh, he yeah. talks about his Labrador earlier in the mm. film, doesn't he, actually? Oh, and even Matthew gets a new partner, which I thought was nice. Yes. It's nice to see that he's not like had. he's just going to be sad forever. Yeah. Um, I think I think there's a lot of things that work. I think Simon Callow is the exact right character to, to die. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He is that like jovial center of their group. It yeah. seems like he leads them all in merriment. Yeah. The rest of them can maybe sometimes start to get a bit dour, but he is always upbeat and he's upbeat in a really like, grumpy, misanthropic kind of way. Yeah. But it's clearly, he clearly loves the people around him and he's very fun. And he loves... Like he can go with a stranger and just start dancing with them. And... Yeah, he's personable and and it it does feel like the biggest blow almost. It feels like that. It feels like the the one that. Yeah, I don't. Know, I just think it's the right. I agree. It's the right one. The biggest blow I think would probably be if his partner died and then he was sad all the time. That yes, yeah, that would probably be the biggest. But in terms of just in within the con- confinements yeah. of the film, in the couple of hours that you get, he is this larger than life beacon, and maybe that's why his performance works for me as well. Because he then dies, yeah. you feel his absence more because he was going so over the top. And also you're watching the film and you know, you assume there's going to be someone die because it's yeah, called Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to watch the film going, who's going to die? Who's, who's the funeral? So is it going to be, presumably it's not going to be Andy McDowell or Hugh Grant. But it's one of those Other things where that, it's, it's, he's the exact right level of character where you really feel sad about it. Yeah. And it really does feel like a, it's a sad thing. You feel the loss of him, but also it doesn't derail the story. Yeah. So it is that like sweet spot exactly. kind of thing. And also like he's one of the only characters who's sort of found what they're looking for. Like if it happened to Scarlett or Fee or Tom, mm. then you've lost a character who doesn't have a complete story. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He, yeah, they don't really give him a story. And that, yeah, that's the thing, I guess, because obviously with the fact that gay marriage wasn't a thing, Yeah, they have... 
they've reached their end. You know, they are, like they say, they, you, we almost didn't notice that we were so proud of being single that we didn't notice that two of us were for all intents and purposes married the whole time. Yeah. Which is the, the truth. And it does, so it means that their arc, you see the end of their arc. Yes, exactly. Him dying is the end. Uh, for everybody else, the idea is, obviously it's so, the film is so built around the idea of marriage being yeah. the final goal. Um, so, yeah, I think, I do like it. I like it. I, I think it's a seven I, out of ten. I quite like it. Yeah, it's a five and a half for me. But. Not even a six, you can't even round up to a six. So you're saying you probably you don't you don't really see it as a best picture nominee. I can't I, I couldn't name you many films in 1994 to be fair. You probably uh, you'd know a lot if you looked it up. Yeah, I'm sure I would. I probably would, should do that for so I can have this conversation at some point. Yes, I dare say we will go through 94 yeah. in a in a final episode talking about uh, I've had also had some thoughts about Forrest Gump last week, but I guess I'll save them for our Forrest Gump. Yes, episode. save them for the Forrest Gump episode. Uh, or well, I mean, we've only been going about ninety minutes, so you could just drop, you could just, just start do that the now. Forrest Gump yeah, episode. let's just do it now. The fact that you've never seen it, I've not seen it. No, still not seen it. I, I think it might be a bit more hashtag problematic than I. I think from what I have seen of it, I think you might be right. Yeah, <laughs> only because I, I saw it and never thought that, but we'll get into that anyway. Um, um, so the film, this film comes out in uh in the u.s first uh which you just, it does kind of feel like a film that you could probably bring out that in the uk and get, build up a bit of a anymore films being released earlier in the u.s very often. yeah yeah it still happens now i don't think it happens as often as it seems to be used to be maybe not months out. it's maybe like a few weeks there's something all the marvel stuff comes out here first it's all right yeah i just sure. think it must be so easy for a u.s person to get uh, but a lot of the time it's i know big out short of the came US, out of the u.s a lot of the time it's out in the u.s first so i watched the big short uh, and I thought it had been out for months. It just, I There's certain things that take ages, like a lot of the Oscar stuff, like La La Land came out in October or whatever, mm. and everyone was raving about it on, you know, Twitter blew up with it. All the celebrities yeah. on Twitter were talking about how much they loved it or whatever. And um, it didn't come out for us until like January. Yeah, a lot of the Oscar films come out in Oscar. We got, January, whip, we got Whiplash in January. We got Moonlight in... Shipwater uh, was January. Yeah, Mo Moonlight was a January film. Yeah. I think what they do is they bring them out in the States to get the Oscar attention, like to yeah, get they need to bring generate, it out. then in they get the get nominations, the Oscars, and then they bring them out in the UK after. And in they go LA, is that right? In yeah, there's some LA theaters, to, yeah, something that like they that. have to air in. So Netflix, when Netflix brought out, uh, but it, it used to be a lot of time they'd do another run. We talked about it last week with Shawshank. They did an extra run in January because they can or just February milk, just milk the cow because they were like this film didn't do that well. Yeah, but now it's got all these Oscar nominations. Maybe it'll do better. Didn't really with uh, Shawshank, but I think over here what they probably do is they're like, well, we might as well hold it until all the Oscar nominations are really announced. Yeah, then when it releases in the UK, we can go. Not only has this been a hit in America. It's also got all yes, these Oscar nominations. True. The Oscars are coming up in a couple of months to get this watched. Yeah. I think but Green Book has just come out. Not, not that long Green Book, Green Book came out late. Yeah. We get quite a lot of stuff. A lot of that stuff we get really late. A lot yeah. of the bigger summer stuff comes out at a similar time. It's usually like a week or two later here though. Yeah. But it okay. used to be, uh, like this for example was March in the US and May over here. There's a so. thing like if that one got out in March in the US, there'd be pirate copies over here immediately. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, um, goes over there, earns about 53 million domestic and then another 193 international. So it's uh, 246 million off a 4.4 million budget, which is just unbelievable. <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah um, and Grant, oh, Hugh Grant pretty much immediately just becomes a, a sex icon in, in the States and here. So he made about $60,000 for this film. It was like 40, 40,000 40, pounds. pounds yeah. Guess, yeah. So, so 60, he was offered 35,000. He eventually managed to argue up to 40. All the supporting cast got paid 17,500 each. Really? Was that Andy McDowell? I guess Andy McDowell was the name at this point. They, had, they, were, they were so underfunded. Andy McDowell, I'd imagine, got probably more than Hugh Grant. Yeah. Um, they were so underfunded that they had to get all the, all the extras had to wear all their own clothes to all the weddings and all that. They didn't do it like... Did you know that Amber, this is on my, my little fat corner. Hit me. Amber Rudd. 
Yeah, yeah. Home Secretary. Home Secretary. Uh, managed to get the Earl of Burlington and really? Simon, Simon Marquess. Are they in it? In the film, yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. a little factoid. Okay. Um... So yeah, it's it's a case of it being it is a big it is a big hit. It's, well, it's a huge hit. It's the most successful British film of all time up to that point. But then after that, I think it like the the legacy that this film has is that it, it gave us Hugh Grant and Richard Curtis yeah. as, as recognizable kind of house household names, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it which is strange. It doesn't didn't have much of a legacy from it because I'd never seen it. But it's just one yeah. of those films that I knew was a big film and just yeah. never brought myself to watch okay, it. Okay, so not counting his some of his other studio work, Warhorse stuff like that, the films that you kind of think of as Richard Curtis films. So we're thinking this, Notting, Notting Hill, Hill, Love Actually, Love Actually, Bert the Rock. Yeah, Bert the Rock's about time. About time. Oh, you know, he, the next film he's got coming out, uh, coming out in June this year, is he wrote uh, Yesterday, the new Danny Boyle film. Did he really? Yes. It's about a guy who um, finds that he is the only person in the world that can remember the Beatles. And so he makes a fortune off of like doing their songs. Oh. But it's, yeah, it's his script and uh, Danny Boyle's. That sounds very interesting. That sounds very good. So, uh, yeah, so those, how would, how would you rank those films then? Uh, in reality, like if I'm not going to put Love Actually on a pedestal that I've definitely got Love Actually on. Yeah. Uh, go, it would go About Time, Boat the Rock, Notting Hill, Love Actually, and then this. Oh, uh, but what about Bridget Jones? Bridget, Did he? Bridget Jones is that. Yeah, he wrote those as well. Okay. Let's uh, just say that. The, 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 the other Bridget ones, Jones? Yeah, they're not great, are they? I like the first one. But the first one's great. The first one's very good. I'd put the first one above Boat the Rock, I'd put that second one. Yeah. Uh, did he so really wait, did you, hold on, did you say this last? You yeah. put Four Weddings last? Yeah. I think I'd go... Did he write Bridget Jones' baby? I don't know. Ugh. I don't think so. I think he did Edge of Reason. Right. Edge of Reason is fine. Yeah. I think I'd go... I think I'd put that last. Edge of Reason does have some great scenes. Yeah. I think I'd put Edge of Reason last. Oh, and me, I'd put Edge of Reason last. So I'd this, probably yeah. go up, uh, About Time, mm-hmm. um, Bridget Jones, the first one. Yeah. The Boat That Rocked, Four Weddings. Right. Probably... I'd probably go Love Actually, Notting Hill, Bridge, Edge of Reason. Yeah, I but I've know, only I seen Notting Hill once, and I think Notting if I Hill. watched Notting Hill as many times as I've watched Love Actually, I would sour on Notting. I would sour on Love Actually a lot earlier than I'd sour on Notting Hill. Yeah, uh, Reese Fans is seen, very good in Notting Hill. Yeah, he is. I've only seen it once, so yeah. I don't know it. Whereas I've I know it Love Actually so well that I can't help but just have that warmth of familiarity from it. And there's parts of it I do really like. I love, I love Love Actually. I thought you were going to say you love the warmth of familiarity. <laughs> that sounds like a... That could be a uh, title for this film. We'll get on to that. But it's my game. I've got a game. Oh, is the game for this film other titles? Yeah, are there other... Well, there's some titles that they okay, have. Okay, so we've got a couple games. So we've got this game. We should have done this game earlier because now we're just going to have to do two games back to back. Fuck it. We're doing two games back to back. Yeah, okay. So this game is... Okay, hit me with your game. Which of these titles was considered... Okay, okay. For Four Weddings and a Funeral. And uh, there's some, some fake ones thrown in there. Did you make up the fake ones? Yes. Or, okay. Rolling in the Isles. Is that a real possible title or is that a fake title? Rolling in the Isles. Yeah, I think real. That's I real. Th- yeah, it's wedding aisles. And that, yeah. It's a nice day for a fourth wedding. <laughs> no, that's fake. <laughs> okay, that's me. <laughs> it's good. It's, a, it's a good joke, but it is definitely not real. Okay. Uh, the next title is Fuck Me, They're So Posh. <laughs> that's definitely a real one. That's I definitely that was, a real yeah, one. That yeah, was yeah, I didn't make that up. Uh, rolling in the aisles. You already said that one. Did I? That was the first gonna, one. I wait, said I'm it was tick real. Them said, <laughs> you, were, you were correct. <laughs> I bet the next one that you're going to say is, it's a nice day for a fourth wedding. <laughs> nice day. Bro. Did you write rolling in the aisles twice? No, no, no I didn't take you it just off. You circled back. <laughs> I'm not doing it in order. Oh, okay. Because okay, I've written okay, the, okay, the okay. true ones and then the fake ones. Oh, I uh, see. True love and near misses. That could go either way. Like, 
Rolling in the Isles feels like one of those kind of cutesy little puns yeah. that might someone might actually suggest. True love and near misses is it's so terrible. generic that that feels like considering now I know that you wrote these literally just a second ago when you arrived, <laughs> but I think it, I almost think that's bad enough to actually be real. That is real. Oh, that's bad. I think Four Weddings and a Funeral is quite bad as yes. a title. Uh, Toffs on Heat. Gotta be fake. You've that's real. No. That's a real title. Toffs on Heat was considered as a possible title for Four Weddings <laughs> no and a Funeral. No way. Jesus Christ. They should have called it that. They could have mm. fucking called it Toffs on Heat. It's a they good name. Called, they should have called it David Cassidy. Toffs on Heat is actually is what this film should be called. No, it should be called David Cassidy. It should be. Oh, that David Cassidy thing. Oh, I had one more line reading. Hold on, before you can okay. carry on, I forgot to say. There's another line reading that I fucking love. Probably my MVP. So my M- no, my MVP is, prob- is probably... It should be perfectly obvious. I'm neither. That <laughs> yeah. guy, that guy's MVP. Yeah. But I would say in the race, like in the race oh, for MVP. Just on photo finish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is the vicar at Charles's wedding because he says, <laughs> so Charles is translating for his deaf brother. Yeah. And he says, he thinks the groom might be in love with someone else. Right. And the vicar says, are you Charles? <laughs> are you in love with, no, he says, uh, do you Charles? Do you? Do you love somebody else? Do you, Charles? <laughs> he suspects the groom loves someone else. Do you? Do you love someone else? Do you, Charles? Like it's Charles's mum. <laughs> it's unbelievable, the outrage. It just rises and rises. He says this question three times. But it's the end one. He just, do you, Charles? It is, it is fucking brilliant and... Honestly, if it wasn't for the old guy with the, the fantastic groom joke, MVP. A couple of MVP. They can show the MVP. Okay. Uh, some other titles is The English Marriage. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that might be true. but it's no, a fake one. Uh, yeah. Same, uh, yeah, it, I, was about sounds... to, I was about to tear it down because it's not an... Because it's... She's American, so it's yeah. silly, but like it... It sounds like it... Like it that's what I mean before weddings and funeral could be so generic. Yeah. Uh, wedding Day the 4th. <laughs> you're laughing way too much about to be real that's the eyes of a man that's made that up he's <laughs> like please find this funny it's yeah. good isn't it yeah uh, loitering on sacred planes <laughs> real real yeah. what is it I just don't think you would come up with that I don't know where you'd get that from because it means nothing yeah that's four words loitering on sacred planes yeah. has nothing to do with that's this literally now. four words they could have said skulking on sacred planes and these would have tied it yeah, into true. the script hmm Toffs on Heat. It should have been. Toffs on Heat is a good name for a film. I, more people would see Toffs on Heat. I yeah. Think. Well, I say that. Fucking everyone went to see mm. Four Ends and If You Know Twice, apparently. Or well, fuck me, they're so posh. It's obviously the other. It must have just been. It, I mean, it's a big word of mouth hit, isn't it? I suppose. Big old word of mouth hit. Back when they could make films like this, I think. Yeah. Not many films like this get made anymore. Or they're, they're not big. You get small indie uh, rom coms, which I guess this was a small indie rom com that just. So here's a here's a spin on a, I think a question you asked me last week although I can't now think about what the exact question would be for Shawshank but do they stay together? No, you don't think Charles and Andy. But apart from the fact that they have a Charles they and obviously Andy. have a kid, Charles and Carrie. I, we haven't right. said her name this whole fucking time, and I actually forgot what it was. She's called, uh, her actual name is Caroline. Caroline. Uh, no, because no? they don't know each other. They just thrown together. They sleep together twice, and then he's madly in love with her. Would you think differently if there was more of a spark between the performances? Uh... For example, no. in about time. No, I don't think so. In about time, the first time you see them together, you think, yep, they're going to get married, they're going to have kids, they're going to stay together, and they're going to be happy forever. Yeah, because Domino Gleason is just a lovely, charming little man, and Rachel McAdams is just but the what, fucking best. She's just the best. But what they're going game for. Night, yeah, I have a really, she's so Rachel, good at game night. She just, she has such an amazing line delivery. Well, she has tons of amazing line deliveries yeah. in that film. She's so good in that film. But when she shoots him, 
and she shoots Jason Bateman and she goes in to try and like fix him up. She goes to the convenience, uh, the convenience store. Like that's probably what, what would we call that? It's a corner shop. Corner shop. Yeah. Sure. She goes there and she wants to get some alcohol to like numb it and all that sort mm. of stuff. And she says, they didn't have any rubbing alcohol and they, and, and they don't sell hard liquor, but I got you a lovely shard. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good film. I really liked it. It's really, really good. Mm. It's kind of way, it's kind of better than it has any right to be. I yeah. Thought. I think Jesse Plemons is really good. Yeah. It's just really well directed. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Yeah. Almost everyone's good in it. The casting's perfect. Like Kyle, yeah. uh, Kyle Chandler, Chandler mm. absolutely is yeah. Jason Bateman's smarmy, successful brother. Mm. You know, like, and like the the beginning when they're just talking so openly about his sperm not working. <laughs> just, it's really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, good film. Uh, where were we? We were talking about about oh, time. So in about, yeah, of course we were. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. In about time, what they're going for is that they have a sweet relationship and they're both. Oh, so, it's such a sweet relationship. But they're both insecure. Okay. So here's the other complaint. They both feel each other's have. insecurities. Here's the other complaint people have about time. Um, just to continue the, the longest conversation mm. we've had. Um, I, you know what? Maybe I'll save it for next week. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, I'm just going to, uh, random intervals when there's a break, I'm just going to bring up- People another, say this about some, time. Something else about that time. It, the, the thing is, again, it's a, kind of a feminist argument about it being a misogynistic film because it is the, like, the men obviously have this power and they hide it from the women the whole time. Right. So she is like living with a, she doesn't know who he is. She's kind of like being duped. So how, how, what's, your, what's your take on that one? Uh, These are all genuine criticisms I've heard about I time. Can, I, I don't think that's a criticism. I reject movie. them outright because I think it's perfect. I, I don't think that's a criticism of the film. I, I get that. And I think that the film kind of answers that. It kind of does, but they do remain happy for ages. They're basically, other, like, there's not really any, ever any hint that they're having troubles or not. Except for it. when uh, their daughter rips up her manuscript. And they have an argument and he's trying to get out. He's yes. trying to get out of the room. That, he's like, just give me a minute. Yeah, she's that's like, no, true. you will but stay even, in here. Even then, that just feels like real marriage fighting. You know, that just feels like actual life you, But stuff. you do get the feeling that he's about to, he's just going to go out and undo it. Which is the nice thing to do because it's yes. a manuscript. But at the same time, I kind of get that. But I think the film addresses that and says, the man shouldn't be, like, not just the men. I don't know what think that means much in this film. But, like, you don't want to have to go and undo these things. Like No, the, you can't the tell anyone. Are, you can yeah. like, okay. Yeah. The whole thing of keeping something like that from your partner, that is what it is. But like, think seriously, what happens if you tell anyone of the fact that you can do that? Either yeah. you get locked away because they don't believe you or like, it's funny you get locked away. You I don't know. You can't, it's, uh, you can't, it's, they win any argument because they go like, well, why did you do that? That like, you shouldn't have done it. Go back. You know, like it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have, you cannot allow other people to know. Yeah. Like, but what I like about that film is okay. You do get that scene that you're yeah. talking about. But I do think that feels like a real fight that you'd have as a married couple. Yeah, absolutely. It never really, it feels like they fall in love and they are in love and then they have like a real relationship. Yes. And they always feel in love. They don't do the thing where they just pull them apart or have some stupid thing come between them just for the sake of the plot of yes, the film. Yeah. They're like, no, the, the the thing of the thing like that, I suppose, is the fact that he undoes their first night together, and then he has to try and work out a way to, yeah, and he like really creepily learns everything about it. Which and that is kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. But they have if they didn't, because you know, if but it is played as creepy. First, it's quite clear that it's kind of creepy all the way through. And but you know, if in the first time they meet, they would have been together forever. They're, yeah, they're so they're so clearly it compatible. Just they have such like, good chemistry in that film, yeah. and they're tri both really terrific actors. I think yeah. I like them both. Jim Hawkes, yeah, big fan, yeah. Jim Hawkes and Regina George, the match made in heaven. Regina George. Yeah, from Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. she called Regina George? Yeah. I knew she was called Regina. I didn't know her name was George. Um, anyway, we got to Mean Girls, just trying to track backwards to where we came, how we got to... It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that they have like an actual happy thing and they don't just pull them apart just for the sake of drama. Yeah. It's a sweet film. 
It's a lovely film. It's a leave it alone. Lovely film. Everybody yeah. needs to leave it alone. It's uh, really, really nice. It makes me laugh. It makes me happy at the end. It makes me cry in the funeral a bit. Yeah. Every time. Um, uh, yes. Bill Nye is wonderful. He loves Dickens. He loves Dickens. I know it's Nick Cave. Yeah. Uh, so my point was, in that film, because they're both insecure and they fill each other's insecurities and they make each other feel better, like you can see them working. Like, no, it's not yeah. just the fact that they have chemistry. The, the characters The characters fit work together. together yeah. yeah. Whereas in this film... She is. I, I, she doesn't really have much of a character. No, I just don't. I don't see them. So I don't know what he loves. There's nothing there. It's not just chemistry. Their relationship is kind of. Yeah, it uh, seems like it's kind of built on the excitement of having slept together at a few weddings. Yeah, exactly. And that ain't gonna last you, no. is it? So now I think they're no, doomed. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. And she can't tell when it rains. No, she's ill. She's obviously ill. <laughs> There's something wrong. Yeah, yeah, she's got a serious condition. I don't know what it's called, but she needs to get help. Yeah, she needs to. She needs to know when it rains, and she yeah. will. She, will drown. she needs to know when she's just wet in general. And she's in a shower and she's like, this shower is not working. <laughs> yeah. She's in the bath and she just mm. sits there. She just dies in the bath because mm. she doesn't know that she's... She's drowning. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. I think we took that bit as long as it could go. I reckon we get a few more out there. I don't think we can. I think you can try. Drinking. What does she do when she needs to drink? <laughs> she doesn't know if something's coming out of the bottle. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Just, she just pours, she's just pouring water down her throat. <laughs> She's like a syringe and just shoots it right at the back of her throat so it goes straight down. You see, we found it. We went deeper. That's what comedy is, Joel. It's about, going, it? it's about, about going, trying really hard. It's about trying really hard, mm. forcing a bit that doesn't really work to begin with. Mm. And then even when it feels like that's dried up, it's just, it's just grinding through mm. it. It's, it's that feeling of grinding that the, the <laughs> listeners really like. <laughs> that's what makes it all feel mm. just so worth it at the end. Yeah. It's that effort justification. Don't Let's play a game. Yeah, okay. Famous last words is the game. Famous last words. And this is a game where we give the last line of a film. And we have to try and guess it. If we can't guess it, uh, we give more clues. Yeah. Five points if you can get it just on the quote. And then every clue, a maximum of four clues will be given. And a point will be taken off for every clue yeah. required. So you went first last time, so I'm going to go first this time. Cool. And this quote has the name of the film in it. Okay. I'm not going to tell you all that. I'm not going to say that. Is it Clockwork Orange? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Turned out the actual like, the final the final lines of the film Clockwork Orange are just well that want that want that a real Clockwork Orange. Look, it's a Clockwork Orange. So I was gonna say, look, it's yeah. No, no, it does have the film in it, but I'm gonna um. Do you want to do you want to beep it out again or because you fucked that up last time? You really I did. Ruined okay, it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You want to do it again? Yeah. You want to beep? Go? Yep, that's it. That's cool. the quote. Uh, no, no, okay. Three years, I've thought of nothing except title, but I never got it. I never let it in. Give you that one more time. Three years, I've thought of nothing except title, but I never got it. I never let it in. Ah, uh, I think I recognize it. I don't know. This is a Best Picture winner. Best Picture. So we did show, it's definitely not Shape of Water. We did that last week. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that last week. Did you not? I thought that was, uh, maybe that was a practice when we did. I think when we were chatting about, well, I think we came, when we were talking about what the game could be, we started throwing them at each other uh, okay. just to see if it kind of would work. Ah, uh, Best Picture winner. Mm -hmm. It's not Argo. Um, okay, let me just think of another good clue to give you. You've not written down all the rest of your clues. No. I thought I'd kind of do it on the night. Okay, now I know you didn't enjoy the runtime clue last time. I'm going to give it to you this time, and I think you're going to find it more helpful. Okay. Okay, so you've got, this is for three points. Right. The film has a runtime of three hours and 14 minutes. It's a best picture winner with a runtime of three hours and 14 minutes. For three years, I thought of nothing, nothing except blank, but I never let it in. I never got it. I never let it in. So try and go backwards. This is good. Yeah, it's good radio. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay, for two points. Yeah. This would be an easy one. You'll get it now. Okay. 
this film is tied for the most Oscars won of all time. Oh, Titanic. Yes, Titanic as it is. Three years, I thought nothing except Titanic. Apparently, that's the last lines of the film. Really? Apparently. I don't know Titanic that well. I've only seen it. A couple of times, yeah. It's very yeah, long. Once, maybe twice. I should have got that from the length of the film. I was, all I could think of was Return of the King, and I knew that wasn't the last time Return Which, of the King. Which, to be fair, the next it's clue really, is yeah, also yeah. would also work Which is when you that. said that, I was like, it's not Return of the King. No, it doesn't work for Return Which of the King. Which is also nine hours long, yeah. Because also, <laughs> I said that it was titled, so it wouldn't be, for three years, I've thought, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> Lord, Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King. <laughs> but I never got it. I never let it in. <laughs> oh, that would be a fantastic end mm. to that film. Okay, hit me with your best shot. So my last line, mm-hmm. how would you feel about growing a beard? Oh, that rings a bell. That does ring a bell. How would you feel about growing a beard? Is it like a, oh, I, I think it's like, okay. I can't think if it's, I don't know if it's like a romancy thing and someone says it to somebody or if it's like, a, I, I want to say it's like maybe like a superhero-y thing or it's like a nod to something. Um, I don't think this isn't going to be right because I'm not getting there. But I'm going to say it's purely because he didn't have a beard and then he does have a beard. Whatever the film was that came before, the film of Captain America has a beard, um, which oh, I can't remember what that would fucking be. Uh, it's not that, is it? Guardians 2. It's not Guardians 2. No, no uh, Avengers Age of Ultron is what I was trying to say. Okay. It's not that either. It's not that either. Okay. That's two guesses. You're two no, it's not two guesses. You haven't <laughs> given me enough clues. Uh, I meant to say fucking Avengers 2 and I said Guardians 2. Okay, so this film made over a billion dollars. It's a fucking Marvel film, isn't it? It's a fucking Marvel film. Uh, Any more clues? Well, you are, if I get it wrong now. Oh, yeah, but not not until. Um, It made over a billion dollars. What films have made over a billion dollars? Now, there have been films that have made over a billion dollars. There have been films that have made over a billion dollars. This is one of them. are... uh, Did Jurassic World make over a billion? And then... Some of the, definitely the Marvel things. I'm just talking to the dinosaur at the end of Jurassic World. <laughs> oh, is that it? Yeah. Um, fuck. I really think it's an. I think it's a silly nod to something. Um, I'm just going to go back with another Marvel film, and I think I'm going to say Infinity War. Nope. No. That's not Infinity War. Is they're all dying? <laughs> is it? And then the music plays, and then they all dead. Uh, and then Captain Marvel comes. Uh, okay. I'll give you the tagline. Okay. Okay. I'm doing really badly here. I think yeah. it's, it's one of these that like I knew it as soon as you fucking said it, and I, I just blank in. Experience a tale as old as time. Oh fuck off! That's so annoying. And that's such a <laughs> shitty. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's. I think that's pretty. Like that's like. I'm pretty sure they say that in the film as well. A tale as old as time. Experience a tale as old as time. Why would they say that? In the film because it's that kind of film oh what makes a billion dollars you're gonna kick yourself when you don't get this well I, you'll get this on the next one yeah i almost certainly i'm gonna fucking kick myself i might do it now how many is this point is it for three points this or is for two this two is for points. three because you've had the no because i've had two of them last line you've had the it made a billion dollars and then this is this, so this is for three, for three. um i it's got to be Dra- it's jurassic world it's not jurassic world okay i'll give you the first line of the film if it's fucking jurassic world fallen kingdom once upon a time <laughs> it's not Jurassic World. For <laughs> Once upon a time, in the hidden heart of France, a young, a, hang, uh, a handsome young prince lived in a beautiful castle. Oh, um, Beauty and the Beast! It is Beauty it's Beauty and the, the, Beast. the fucking Beast because they're dancing, and she says, "Will you consider growing a beard?" Yeah, because he's the prince again. Because he's not a beast. She wants to. She liked him hairy. Oh, right. Here's the thing about Beauty and the Beast. Now, the film's not good. The, no. the old one is fucking great. The Disney, the proper Disney animated one. Yeah, that's great. Here's the thing about Beauty and the Beast. All the way through the film, mm-hmm. Emma Watson c- calls him the Beast. 
<laughs> and it it's insane because she goes to the townspeople to try and convince them that he is in fact not a threat and that he's nice <laughs> but in doing so she refers to him as the, the beast. beast that is not a way to convince anybody that that is not mm. a threat and also you're supposed to be in love with this person why don't you know his name and if you do know his name why not use it to try and like <laughs> you know endear the what townspeople to him i don't fucking know the beast apparently she literally no, says he's got she calls name. him the beast and it is ah. Uh, uh, okay, I think you'll get this one. Okay. It's pretty long. Hold on, should I do it all? I'll do it all. Bear with me. Okay. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone and I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. To the Matrix. To the Matrix. Yeah. Well, I've got a big five-pointer from Joel. Yeah. Um, how many did you get on the first one? You got two points two in the first, points one, the first one. one. And I got two points in the first one. Yeah. So you got you got two points for Titanic and you got five points. Oh, I tell you what I didn't come up with was a criteria for a bonus point. Oh, true. Uh, let me quickly just open the Matrix IMDb and uh, let me pick something. Oh, I haven't got a bonus point. You got a bonus point I got a bonus point last week. So so the way this works is if you get the five, yeah. you can then come up with a new question just to qu get get a bonus point as well. Okay. Um, so let's go down to... Let's do a, let's do a quote for a, a bonus point. Oh, the first lines of this film aren't like really very iconic at all, are they? No, they're not. Okay, here we go. I'm going to give you a line said by Agent Smith and I, want you to, and I want to see if you can just give me the line back that Neo says. Okay. Agent Smith. You hear that, Mr. Anderson? <laughs> that wasn't I, that bad. I can't do a great, I can't do a great weaving. That, no, I can't do it either. You hear that, Mr. Anderson? It's not bad. That is the sound of inevitability. It is the sound of your death. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. I can give you the scene as well. They're in this, uh, they're, they'll be in the subway. Yeah. And the train is coming. That is the sound of inevitability. It is the sound of your death. Goodbye, Mr. Anderson. I don't know the next line. So he stands up. Mm. Well, no, no. He, yeah, he kind of gets up and he's, uh, he's down on the floor. He's on top of him. That's where they are. The trains come in. Yeah, Agent yeah. Smith is on top of him. I can picture the scene. He's got him in a headlock. Yeah. And he's beat. And he says, my name. Oh. Is Neo, and then he bashes him into the ceiling. He jumps off the platform, and then the train hits Agent Smith. But then Agent Smith is like, oh, "Now I'm just on the train." They do the punches. Yeah, that comes before that, though. I think, doesn't it? Uh, oh, maybe. I didn't think. I so. think that's the point that he like he wins the fight, and then he runs. Yeah. Uh, so my bonus point for the first one. Well, no, you don't. I, you, know, you don't need to give me a bonus point for the first one because I don't oh, get five it only, points. Oh, so I only see. if you get five points, do you unlock the potential for the sixth point. Oh, okay. Then we'll okay. see this one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we've got one more to go. Yeah, I've got to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Here's the, the last the line longest of this game ever. We're, we're not quick, are we? We're not, we're not No, quick. no, we're not, we're not. There's not brevity in this podcast. No. Okay, here we go. There's a good line. Have you seen Bill? The Shakespeare film. It's like a, kind of like a fun sort of kids film about Shakespeare. Uh, it's almost like, well, it's not quite Shakespeare in love, but it's like him going to um, London and getting known as a playwright and everything. Right. And all through the film... Um, it's kind of like Monty Python style humor, but kind of like done in a way that kids will also kind right, of get a yeah, bit yeah. more. And there's this thing all the way through the film where people say, um, saying things in a short and snappy way and not in a draw in a long and drawn out way is the soul of wit. 
<laughs> and if someone says it to Shakespeare, he means, do you mean brevity? <laughs> That's funny. It's I like funny. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it was a long-winded way of saying that we're not a very brevity. We don't have a lot of brevity. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So one character says, you can't just buy me a guitar every time you screw yeah, up, yeah. you know. And the character because, says, no, I know. But then there's drums and piano, whatever he says. I think you get your bonus point for that. Yeah. It says, uh, and then there's drums and bass and maybe yeah, even drums and bass said and by the wonderful and lost far too soon Heath Ledger yeah. to a Julia Stiles yeah. in the film 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Great. So, uh, should you get a bonus point for that? No, I'll give you another question. You want to give you another question? What play is it based on? Taming of the Shrew. There we go. So you get six points? Yeah. Well, yeah, well that was equal then, wasn't uh, it? No, because I didn't get my bonus point. Oh, you didn't get your bonus point, you fucking you're shitty. You're, sh- you're shitty. Just call me a shitty. Yeah, I just called you. So how many did I get this week? I got seven. Uh, eight. Eight this week. So that puts me on nineteen for the season, and you got seven this week, which puts you on thirteen for the season. Yes. So the differential is uh, six points. It's there. One. If I have, if I crash out, which I think seems unlikely, we because we maybe need to go slightly easy, uh, slightly more difficult on the clues until the final. That's what one. I tried with the first one. Then the second one. Second one's one of those ones. Yeah, those are good clues. Yeah, yeah, you've nailed it. You've done the best you. clue giving. Thank you. I tried. Week, I, I think, think I did all right with Titanic. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Titanic was good. But I think you can give director, but you have to give director for clue one because as soon as you've whittled it down to like what it could be, if you've yeah. given the year, for example, and then you give director, it's like well, either you know that or you don't because it's not like that director probably had more than one film. Like yeah, you, yeah, you know. So, uh, sorry, what did you say? Titanic and Matrix. How would you feel about Greta Beard? It's a good. I like that. That's I did, good. I did well because I really, it really did ring a bell, but yeah. I, I just couldn't quite get it. And the cl- yeah, grossed over a billion dollars. That was a, that was a, threw me off as well. Nice clues. I yeah, good clues. That's I'm, what we I'm need really to aim for. That's game. the level of clues we need to aim for. Do you want, do you want some lessons? Yes, I'm picking good clues. Actually, if you could tell me all the films you're going to do for the next few weeks as well. Uh, so next week I'm going to do uh, the Prestige. <laughs> okay. And the other one I did last week. <laughs> the joke complete. <laughs> you did about time, didn't you? We couldn't have, yeah, we couldn't have did, the yeah. whole episode without talking about about time. Yeah, because I did the penultimate line about about time. Yeah. Okay. There we are. That is the that's the end of famous last words, and that's the end of the show. Yeah, isn't it? Thanks very much for listening. Uh, this was four weddings and a funeral. Next uh, two weeks time, we're going to be doing quiz show. Oh, it's a quiz show, which is a film neither of us have seen no, before. Seen. I thought we did pop fiction this time. But... No, no, we're going to do quiz show. Okay. Pop fiction is going to come a couple weeks after that, and then we're going to round off with uh, Forrest Gump. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to it a lot, a lot less than I was. After thinking about it, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good conversation. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to love the film. Honestly, I'm trying to go in with a blank slate. Yes, uh, I know so much about Forrest Gump through cultural osmosis, just in terms of I know most of like the scenes. There's like yeah. the table tennis, the chocolates, Jenny, all that sort of stuff. The running. I know that there's a bit with the bumper. See, I've caught clips of it. I know that the joke that I remember seeing is the um, how he invents the shit happens bumper sticker where. Uh, I think he's he's running. It's when he's doing the doing the running. Someone says to him something like, "Oh, you stepped in shit," and he says, "It happens." And he goes, "What shit?" And he goes, "That's that's good." And then the next, you see the shit happens bumper sticker. I it's one of those things that just that's a really specific memory I it's have. A film that tries to explain everything that's oh he in the yeah US. no he that, that's the story right yeah, yeah Forrest Gump um created American culture yeah 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 by running through it. Hmm. Anyway, I'm going to try and go in with a blank slate because I know it's obviously beloved, and I I think I know too much about it. In a way, so I'm going to try and just be like, right, it takes what it is. Which is in contrast to the quiz show, which I know nothing about. No, nothing about quiz show, I'm except the fact that it's a, called quiz show. I'm assuming there's a quiz show. Yeah. And it was nominated for Best Picture in 1995. That's all we yeah. Cool. So that episode is going to be coming out in two weeks' time. Yeah. Uh, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this, subscribe there. Yeah. 
and we'll be coming back at you then. Uh, give us a rating and a review as well, if you can, okay, if you one. don't mind. Yeah, like really high, like two and a half, three stars. Yeah, as good as four wins at a funeral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much you like four wins at a funeral? Just give us that. Yeah. Tell you what, give us four stars and then you can put the in the description four stars and a review. <laughs> there you go. No, We're ending us, on that. Seriously, though, give us five stars. Yeah, um, subscribe and we will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you cool. very much. Bye. Bye. The nominees for Best Picture of the Year are... My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. See, I don't think an adult of your intelligence ought to be commended for simply at long last telling the truth. Send you here for life. That's exactly what they take. And the Oscar goes to... He suspects the groom loves someone else. Do you? Do you love someone else? Do you, Charles?